Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, good morning. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Great to have your company, Adam Peacock here. And Nick Davis is away for a change. I think this is four in five that he's missed. Simply not good enough from Nicholas Davis. But anyway, we've got a more than able replacement. Actually, he supersedes Nick Davis in terms of quality. Oh, Stephen O'Keefe. Thanks. It's great to see you. It's been a while since I've been in here with you, uh, Adam and, and Gibbo. So Morning, I'm, Gibbo. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here. We're all, uh, we've all sort of grown wings in this group. I've been doing some shows in the middle of the week, Adam. And, of course, Gibbo debuted his own show from 11 till 3 the other night, which I heard was a huge, huge success. Well, before Gibbo gets to say his piece about his sure. contribution to SEN this week, I would like to say if there's a man suited to doing his best work in the nocturnal hours of 2am, <laughs> it is our man Gibbo. It's a perfect place, perfect workplace placement that is right there. Gibbo, good morning. Yeah, usually I need a muzzle on myself between <laughs> 11 till 3am, but yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was a weird day. Like I was... And I actually texted Adam during the week or the day I found out because it all happened in like 12 hours. I said, Adam, mate, any advice? Really? Yeah. Any advice? I kept it really, you are the master. I kept it really, really simple, didn't oh, I, give What, what did Yoda have for you? Well, mate, he may as well have just taken the poo emoji and sent it across. <laughs> but he said, that, what did he say? Just be yourself. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, good. But it was so you have to be. But yeah. that was a, it was a great response because I was like, wow, I really thought about that response for hours and I was like, you know what? I'm, yeah. Well, Gibbo, if you can't be yourself, who can you be? Yeah. Well, really? Israel Dag, really. I'd love to be Israel <laughs> Dag. Yeah, he was well, one of the best All Blacks. You can't run and like, play uh, rugby union like no. him, so you ain't him. No, My true, advice true. would have been please yourself, which is a difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have got him into <laughs> HR. Yeah. Oh, no, I've been there. Don't worry. Yeah, I've yeah. been there. Uh, morning, gents. Yeah, good morning. Um of sport, a massive weekend of sport, highlighted by what's going to go down on Sunday night uh, with Nick Kyrgios playing in a Grand Slam final, mm. singles that is, against mm. Novak Djokovic. So we'll catch up with Wally Masur a bit later on in the show. It's quite an incredible story. And, um, yeah, with everyone's doing the deep dives into what does it all mean for Nick and everything mm. like that. I'd, I've thrown one up. Hey, I'll get it out the way early. The, the plug for codesports.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually stumbled across... Uh, a old video yesterday from nine years ago of Nick Kyrgios in a training session. Yeah. I forgot I had it at, at, um, at the National Training Centre in Melbourne when he was 18. Wow. Before anyone really knew who, who he was. was. And he was just skinny rake and he was working his backside off. Mm. He was being absolutely drilled by his coach. And his coach gave him a note from David Ferrer, who he'd played previously at the US Open, not that long before this 
this training day. It was basically said um, from David Ferrer, the great little Spaniard who just ran forever. Mate, if you put in, you can get something out of this sport. But what I noticed in that match is you gave up really quickly. Wow. And so his coach has given him that note from David Ferrer to say, what are you going to do about this? And he's gone, yep, yep, yep. So he's got out in the court for the next hour and just totaled himself. Yeah. But it never quite clicked for him Well, <laughs> in that regard. I mean, isn't it? Until now. It'd be fair to say that that is, well, even in this tournament, he talked about tanking points, didn't he? Well, but in, in a game that he won. So you could say that's playmanship or sports in it, the way that he Gamesmanship. was. Gamesmanship. Gamesmanship yeah. in regards to the way that, because you, you can't, there's debate whether they were going to find him because the, the, the law, the rule. Best in, efforts. Yes, every point. Yeah. But you can argue that if you win a game, then you've gone about it the right way. You've maybe conserved energy. But I guess... Nick always likes to light a fire under the journalist, which is always a good – I mean, that's its own centre court ticket itself. You can yeah. buy tickets to Wimbledon and then I'm always just interested in the press. So what are your thoughts as him? I mean, I haven't watched too much tennis. I'm a bit here or there on Curious, and a lot has got to do with, with Curious. At times I'm just like I find it too hard or a bit cringeworthy when having a go at the age of linesmen and – the spinning and all that. And I'm like, you know, I, I played sport and I certainly towed the line with referees and umpires and whatnot. I get it. Um, I just find it hard to watch at times. Uh, yourself, are you a fan? You'd say you're a Nick Kyrgios fan or? I'm, it's a bit like for me, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Yeah. So don't be shocked and disappointed mm. by what you get. Yeah. It's. You go into it knowing. If he, if he cops a default, i.e. he cops the the um, warning, the point penalty, the game penalty, the default from the match. Which has already happened, this Wimbledon. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I don't have much sympathy for him yeah. because he knows that he shouldn't be doing these things. It's up to, and I, I know this sounds like a cop-out, but really the chair umpire's got a problem with it. The chair umpire can do something about it. Yeah. Big yeah. style. Yeah. Uh, now, the chair umpire's obviously not seen the, the golden golly that yeah. came out of his mouth in round <laughs> one. That, that's not on. That you, yeah. you Do not do that. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's just child. Like if he, if my one of my children did that, I'd yeah. clip him over the head and say, "Don't do that." Yeah, it's just a, it's a bit off. I mean, in 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 I guess in cricket you do get a lot from the fans. But I remember Stuart Clark telling me he was a captain at the time. He goes, "Sock these guys have paid twenty five dollars to come in and watch you play. They're entitled to say what they want to." You. And that was that's not correct mm. the way that it should be. But it was his, it was a way it was a mentality. Is in. Don't expect too much from these guys because they are going to try and rattle you. They are going to try and yeah. get under your skin. Not everyone's going to be your fans. Um, just move on with it. Just go but with then, it, if yeah. you're <laughs> hocking gollies into the third, <laughs> yeah, not, you know, maybe if not. Someone did a fine leg in a test match. Probably well, not going to go down too well. I, I guess it's like it. You know, you watch Ricky Gervais or Jimmy Carr and their Netflix specials, right? You 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 know what you're signing up for. You know, you're yes. going to be easily offended if 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 with the topics that they're going to go about. So you just don't watch it. So I, I like that point. You know what you're going to get from Nick Kyrgios? Yeah. I'm going to watch the final. He's an Aussie. I think he's a supremely talented tennis player. Um, and I want to get behind him. And I think once it all sort of clicks for him, the, he'll realise that the country, I mean, I think he loves to be hated himself. Oh, yeah. you know, he loves to sit on the outer and go, I don't care what you think. None of your opinions really bother me. I'm doing it for me. But then in the next minute, he'll post a photo and say, I'm doing it for the fans. So clearly he does. He does care. He does care. He absolutely And cares. I want to care for him. I want to really like him. He raised mm. money when we had the fire and disaster relief. There are so many endearing qualities with this guy. And I'd love nothing more, honestly, than to see him win a, a yeah. Grand Slam. And not only one. 
but then just go on and win a handful more, you know, because he he's so talented. And you look at Nadal and the Joker, they're aging. They're not getting any younger. He, this is a great window for him in his career to take the momentum out of Wimbledon. He's he's got a few things going his way in this tournament. Yeah, more than well, a few he's got, with the draw. So okay, Stephen so. Bradbury. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the Nadal situation. So he's opened up the draw for himself by beating Tsitsipas, and that was a a really high-quality performance yeah. from Nick because not only he played really well, yep. he played as in like yeah, play, played, played in like a violin. Sitsipas. Yeah, Sitsipas, oh. just did his head in. It yeah. was it was Warren-esque in terms of how he used set to get into up. the minds of yeah. – just set him up beautifully and, and Sitsipas just um, freaked out. And again, tickets to the after show – he won that battle as well. You know, it's, what, me? Sits a pass, yeah, the, called him the, the – well, yeah, called, him, called him a bully. And he goes, well, if he can't cop that, he's soft. You know, <laughs> and it's like, well, it, it, it's true. Yeah. You're out on that court and any advantage you can get within the rules. And if you are playing up to that yeah. mental side of things, which Nick seems to do very, very well. Um, well you know. Because he got Ber- – he had Berrettini in his half and Berrettini was my pick to make the final because right. he won Queens, the big lead-up event yep. in London. Berrettini gets covid just yeah. before he walks out on court. Oh, wow. He's out. Yeah. Roberto Bautista Agu, who's probably not going to win the tournament, yeah. Spanish guy, but if they bump into each other, Kyrgios and Bautista Agu, as scheduled in the fourth round, yeah. Kyrgios gets a lot of juice taken out of him because he just makes you hit balls. Earn it, yeah. He got he he was wiped out by COVID of course, as yeah. well. It, it's played a few tricks this tournament. You see, we just, just before we came on, Novak Djokovic did his press conference straight off court. Now, I get the feeling, I don't know for sure, but I think Djokovic is that wary of getting the spicy cough on site. He is going off court, straight to press, straight in the car home. Not even doing it. Usually they do their recovery. (laughs) Okay, it's a lot worse for a lot of people. Sorry to be flippant about it, but you know what I mean. I'm just trying to label it quickly. I'm sick of saying COVID. But everyone's having to test over there. That it's yeah. Whereas the Australian Open and the French Open, it, it wasn't the case. Now, all of this has manifested in itself for Kyrgios in the sense that it's just opened up the draw. Now, to say it's lucky that he's through to a final, well, that's ridiculous because he's still won the matches that he's won. He's yeah. performed really well. But he's he's got the little bit of advantage along with putting himself in the position to be able to take advantage of the draw opening up. Well, well you talk about a few of the guys who've had the spicy cough and say that there would have been that um, the, the energy or the batteries taken out of him. I mean, Nadal, again, another guy that would have made him bleed on court in regards to earning every single point. Exactly. You know, that game would have zapped a lot of energy. Yeah. And he goes from this with that extra day off now into a game with a joker who... Has, again, has probably had to work really, really hard. We've had to play the extra game, of course. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's going to – I mean, who are you tipping? Who, If you take the heart out of it. I, I don't know. It all comes down to if Nick has his head screwed which on. Nick, which Nick turns which up. If he completely fizzes out. Yeah. Mm, like if he just – because you saw – what match was it? It was the one against Gurin. Mm. And he started – feeling for the shoulder and getting a bit agitated. And then one of his crew stands up and says, get a few first serves in. Come on, come on. And yeah. Nick just exploded. Right. He went, what do you think I'm trying to do? Yeah, he started, <laughs> started having a crack at the box, didn't he? His own, it's yeah. just. But that's the, that was him. That's the trigger. Right on the edge. Yeah. The shoulder wasn't feeling good. He was quiet. He was within himself. He was triggered. And then after he let go a little bit of that tension, yeah. and had a go at his thing, he started to flowed. And then it was flowing in the fourth set in that yeah. match. So, yeah, I, I'd say Nick just because I don't think Novak's quite where he was a few years ago. Yeah. Now that's to say that that's like 
saying, well, he's 100 feet the other side of Everest on the way down. He's still... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still... still he's st- yeah, one of the greats of there. all time. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah, it's a close one. We'll ask Wally Masur a bit later in the show. Yeah, um, sure. Maybe the text line, 0457 736 736. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Nick, yes or Nick, no? It's a simple It's a simple answer. I want to get well, your opinion you got any anecdotes about Nick as well, I'll get yeah, that yeah. in as well. Let's hear what your, your stories. 0457 736 736. Everyone has an opinion about Nick Kyrgios. Mm. He is not bland. No. <laughs> Everyone I, has do you, formed... Do you think good for the sport? Yes, to a point. But it's up to, as I mentioned before, it's up to the regulators to kind they of put a button on the, the yeah. stuff that, you know, like I've seen him go completely overboard with chair umpires. I think it was Fergus Murphy a few years ago in the States. He caught him a, he caught him all kinds of things and it was Well, it's the same it here. I mean, it's still, you've just got to have that, you know, it doesn't call them sir, calls them bra, calls them, mate, you know, like, you know. <laughs> Nah, you you don't know what you're doing. You're just yeah. Anyway, I mean, and as I coming from even a team sport, I found myself in situations where you know it's not you can't hear it and stuff, but you do have quite heated or volatile yeah conversations. But tennis, you know, you're just on your own in that situation, and that's where I do have a lot of sympathy because there's no hiding. Everything that you do is there for everyone to see. Well, Wally, who we'll talk to later, Wally Masur has this theory: if 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 Nick was in a team environment, a team sport. Mm. He wouldn't be the character he is because either he'd be not in that team, yeah. <laughs> or he'd be slapped down a bit to kind of quell the individual yeah. personality that he has. That he's there, or you know what? I'll go the other side. I think he'd be great in a team because I think you'd be that sort of. You wouldn't make him the captain, but that loose spark of energy that you'd need that would might get into a battle that might ruffle some opposition players. And I don't know. I think he might actually then buy into a bit of team stuff for the for the for the common goal. I don't know. I just think sometimes though you have those players who you need who can get in there and get into a bit of a scrap for you. Were you that loose spark, I, Stephen? I, yeah, I was. That I'm just trying to justify my own shocking behaviour <laughs> at times on the cricket field. <laughs> <laughs> now later on, uh, we're going to catch up with Australian seven star Maurice Longbottom as well. If you haven't seen this guy play, it's a lot of fun. Like, if he gets into open space, he is dynamic. And uh, the Aussie Sevens obviously gearing up for the Commonwealth Games, not too far away. And we'll get his thoughts on the Wallabies taking on England tonight. What about that last week, Gib? Oh, oh, it was a tough watch, that first half, let's be brutally honest. Sure. It wasn't rugby at its finest. But the, the tension and the drama mm. that took over the contest in the second half made it a really good watch. Well, like, even before the game, Adam, like, Quade Cooper... Going down with an injury yeah. in the warm-up. James O'Connor, who was doing a function at the ground, was called into the match day squad. Like, there was a lot of drama, and there were a lot of reasons why the Wallabies could have underperformed, but yep. they didn't. And it's great to see Dave Rennie's men, they're trending upwards, and that's what you like to see going towards a World Cup, which is next year. On the other side of the coin, Eddie Jones, uh, sorry, Eddie Jones is in trouble. They had a poor showing at the Six Nations. The English fans want more from their side. And to go down in the first match of a series against a 14 men's side, not good. Not a good look. Not, not a, good a good look. And we've got Tong and Thor coming back tonight. Who's been giving it to the English this week as he, well. He has been starring in these commercials for Stan Sport. He's basically the superstar of rugby union. Mm. He is basically the linchpin in our front row. Mm. Great scrummager. We didn't really miss him, but he has been giving it to the English. He's been starring <laughs> in these commercials for Stan Sport, right. and he's unbelievable. He's a superstar of the Australian Rugby Union. He could play if he if he was twenty kilos lighter, he'd be playing at fly half. 
Wow. Number two. He's got that, that, that much skillful. skill. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible amount of skill, which is a good thing for the Wallabies. So we'll talk a bit of rugby later on. And rugby league, of course, Queensland have got New South Wales right where they want them because they've got COVID tests yeah. thing showing up as positive in camp. It's the underdog mentality just seeping through as well. No, Munster. That cannot help, though. Is that, is that, is that confirmed that he's well, definitely out? We're because awaiting a PCR test from Cameron to Munster. Confirm, and then what is their compulsory um, – you have to away for a week or – Seven days, yeah. Okay, so Still de- definitely days. out. If I do wonder it. with this – and we're not playing Dr. Dr. Adam and Dr. Stephen here, mm. on, yeah. or Dr. Wow. Gibbo. Yeah, nice. I do wonder when this seven-day thing – just becomes redundant. Just becomes redundant. Yeah. Surely there was a chance that they <laughs> say nothing. Cam Munster is huge for the Maroons. Mm. You think if they will have any chance of winning, beating this pretty dominant New South Wales side, they need him. But if that if that gets out, then yeah. everyone's head explodes. Well, well, so well, you can't the, go against what the the health advice is. Obviously, the idea. With this Ask test. of the rats for I. Well, this is, this is, yeah, that's right. The ultimate rat. Uh, the ultimate rats test, and he's failed. He actually comes with the PCR, will be fine, but he'll, his rat test will be extremely high. But no, we, for the final with the uh, the big bash, they told us the day before just don't bother doing it, which is probably uh, highly unethical. But we're into the last day of the comp. And to be fair, there were a few days there which were irresponsible of myself, but the old nose swab just got a little run around the outside of the nose and uh, not, you know, just missed the side of the mouth. And then, oh, look, that's the exact negative. same thing went on at the Australian Open. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, if I don't have the symptoms and I'm not feeling that bad, we're at a level where most, all Australians, well, majority of Australians, um, barring the anti vaxxers, you've, you've had your vaccines. I mean, geez, just. I mean, play on. Uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, the rules are the rules at the moment, and the rules are that if you've got COVID, you can't You're do anything for seven days. And Cameron Munster, it looks like, and Murray Tuolungi, uh, looks like they will miss. But They are ruled out. So it's just come over Fox Sports Australia. Queensland worst origin fears have been realised with Cameron Munster among two players officially ruled out of game three due to COVID. There you go. So we'll catch up with Sam Thido a bit later on from Channel 9 to uh, cover that off and a... a Whatever else is going on in rugby league, including the Bunnies' uh, forty to twenty-eight win last night over the Newcastle Knights. Weird old game in Newcastle. Mark from Mortdale. Hi boys, already mowed the lawns, cleaned the gutters. Can't understand why I'm so pumped. That's right, one of South Sydney's greatest victories since nineteen oh eight. Mark from Mortdale. Goodness gracious, yeah. over the moon. David Clemmer sent off. Um, yeah, Latrell pretty good, looked pretty fresh and and everything, and he's come back so. We'll touch on that a bit later. We'll go into yeah, a bit yeah, more detail. I know you. How long we got? Yeah. I think South fans. Swans absolutely belted the Western Bulldogs. Didn't they? Dynamic first quarter. It was like an eight goal first quarter, mm. I think it was pretty much. So, yeah, the Swans in touch with the top four still. They're 10 and six. And Isaac Heaney, four goals. Cricket, and we'll go into, uh, we'll go into a bit more depth in our week in review because it's, uh, it's overnight, but it's still in the week in review. Australia, Sri Lanka, Stumps Day 1 5 for 298. SEN covering the match live from Sri Lanka across the SEN network and the SEN app. Steve Smith back in the runs, back in the triple figure runs, we should say. It's been a little bit of a while, a real drought. It's over a year Mm. since his last century, but 109, and he is not out overnight. Manus Labashain, 104. And the Aussie selectors didn't go with Glenn Maxwell. Get your thoughts on that in a moment, Socky, as well. Uh, The tennis, and I should mention, SEN are covering the tennis tomorrow night as well. And, uh, yeah, Nick Kyrgios to play Novak Djokovic in the final. The women's final, Elena Robokana taking on Ons Jabeur 
of Tunisia. Robbie Keener is a Kazakh tennis player in name only. She's Russian. Yeah. So the, She's as Russian as Smirnoff. I don't quite understand how that works. <laughs> Russian as Smirnoff. I don't understand how that works. However, that's, you know, particularly in a place like Wimbledon that's so a stickler for the, the rules and the laws of the game. I, yeah. Well, it was the British government advice that said no Russians or Belarusians can come into the country. Therefore, you can't play. Okay. Uh, you can't play Wimbledon. So Wimbledon were following the government advice. Obviously, the British government. Yeah. Interesting week they've had. Yeah. <laughs> what, yes. what about Boris? Yeah. Is <laughs> is I I when I think of English people, I, I think of there's sort of the the two different types. You have the Daniel Craig type, yeah. you know, who's the the, the well dressed, well suited, classy, and yeah. then and then I think of either the bulldog or the Boris Johnson, just frazzled hair, Buffoon. slightly overweight, yeah. just <laughs> left of centre, yeah, left of centre. Morning, Adam and Soccer. Not a Curios fan, but I'll be up late watching him, uh, cheering yeah, him on from I Jace agree. on the I text agree. line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll update you with a bit of golf and a bit of Formula One as the morning goes on. You're with the Mowers Club on SEN eleven seventy. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. No Nick Davis for a change. I think he's in Tasmania. Is he? Off to... Um, the Apple Isle. The Apple Isle to coach some footy. So Stephen O'Keefe is in with me, Adam Peacock. And uh, yeah, this is the Mowers Club, thanks to Toro Mowers. And uh, Stephen O'Keefe has just been told that he has to do a stupid multi this week. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just uh, figuring horrible, things out. Horrible, horrible punter. Yeah. Later in the show, you have to do it. So you've got a bit of time. Okay. But joining us now for a bit of a prelude, if you like. So a bit later on is uh, from topsport.com.au, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan. Good morning, Lord. Hey, boys. Yeah, and Socky got big shoes to fill because uh, Nick struck gold last week with his multi. He got, uh, got a winner up at uh, close to $9, so no pressure there to, Whoa, to replicate that. that. And didn't he let people know horse? about it on the was text it... line as well <laughs> throughout the afternoon? <laughs> was it evening. a horse? No. What was it again? It was all the Aussies in Wimbledon and, the, and then Volkanovski yep. in Israel, Adesanya in the UFC. So very yep. patriotic uh, multi and uh, yeah, got the job done. Great job. Did well. Yeah, okay. Did right. very well. And uh, I won as well, didn't I, with my bet because it, uh, the races got called off, so money returned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, second second best result of the, uh, of the season for you, Adam, I think. <laughs> hey, it's not losing. <laughs> it's not, my old man always said, if you walk onto a track with $100 and walk off with it, with $100, you've won $100. So yeah. I'm using that theory. <laughs> That's fair enough, isn't it, Tristan? It is. It is. It makes for a boring day, but it's, uh, yeah. but it, it, it's, it's still, a, still a result. <laughs> hey, is there much curious love in the world of uh, investment from your point of view for Wimbledon? Yeah, so he uh, he was twenty six dollars at the start of the tournament. He's now four dollars twenty with Novak at dollar twenty four, four and a half mm. the line. So certainly uh, in there in the betting. This is the longest price Djokovic's been for any match in the tournament. Actually, double the, the, the next longest price. He was a dollar ten against Sinner. Um, so Nick's definitely a chance there. I think the freshen up, uh, not even to go through Rafa, is obviously going to help after all those five setters as well. So. Uh, all eyes will be on that on Sunday night. Wow! When you say the line, yeah, what's, what what's the line mean in tennis? Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, so four and a half. Yeah, four and a half, and, and a few people ask this. So four and a half is what it's set at. So basically, you, you tally up the total games one for each player, and then it's the difference between the two. So if Novak okay. happened to win six four, six four, six four, he wins by six, and the minus four and a half would pay. Got the, it. The okay. odd thing is, you can lose the match but win more games in tennis. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's happened, uh, happened a few times. So it uh, always makes resulting those games nice and fun. But um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's certainly a very popular betting format in the early rounds when you got the dollar one shots going around. So, um, yeah, it's our most popular form of betting on the on the tennis. I did point out last week as well that Kubler was uh, at ridiculous odds in his mm. particular match, and the great man got it done as well. So, um, yeah, that. that Four dollars plus about Kyrgios is yeah, juice bigelow in my opinion. Anyway, uh, Tristan, we will catch up later in the show and we'll go through the footy and uh, adjustments to. I'm, I'm presuming that New South Wales have um, yeah been well liked since the Munster news. Yeah, we can not talk about that if you don't want it. So it's very sad for all us Queenslanders up here seeing the other shortening in the market. But yeah, we can go through a few other markets once we're uh, once we're back in an hour or so. Right. Okay. Well, I've got a I've got a tip for you here. Can I like this tip? In the horses, mm-hmm. right? I don't usually give out too many, so you need to write this one down. This is an absolute certainty. Right. Number fifteen, race eight at Randwick, Chief Alterney is my tip. It runs second last Chief. week, got held up. Uh, it's paying about four bucks. Uh, mm. That's my tip to beat Tuxer. Been very well back too. It's in the in the winter stakes, the the big okay. race of the day. Four dollars eighty in as well. Kathy O'Hara in the saddle barrier one. So yeah, certainly I think that one might get a get a run in your multi. I reckon. There we'll, you go. We'll talk uh, some footy prices a bit later on, and I've just <clears throat> marked it down for your next section of the rundown here, uh, Tristan, to bring up Queensland and Origin <laughs> yeah, okay. first, second, third question. Uh, thanks, mate. We'll chat later. <laughs> See you guys. Maybe I'll be busy. We'll yeah. later on. We'll really look you, after mate. our sponsors here on the Mowers Club. Back soon. Double shift for you, Sock. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. And we're just about to get into our week in review. Don't forget the text line 0457 736 736. What do you really think of Nick Kyrgios? Everyone has an opinion. Let us know yours. Yay or nay? Yeah or nah? We'll do yeah or nah later on as well. Morning, Mowers. Greg from Gundagai here. I'm so pumped after my Rabbitohs pretty much put an end to the night season um, last night. This is Greg from Gundagai who always texts in. Uh, back to his best, Cody Walker. Also, my mate Mervyn, who has a very smart football brain, thinks the Bunnies can go on a run now all the way to the grand final. Calm your farm, Greg. It's one win, and it's the Knights. Yeah. No, they've got a big they've got a big month ahead as well. They've got some top four teams coming. So, Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. Listen to that whipper snipper just rip in and give O'Marks another one down for Adam's mic being off at the back end of the... <laughs> I'm professional. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I turn my mic off in the ad break. You've got a lot to be looking at as well here. Why do you turn your mic off in the ad break, Adam? It's just... The done thing. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Just the done you thing. Sure, that's correct, Gibbo. Mm. There might be yeah, a little bit of uh, bit of mayo on that story. Yeah. I marked well, that one down. Look, you know got, let's keep it on and not let him know, and just yeah. see what the viewers think of what he's got to say. I've got some bodily <laughs> functions that people might not want to hear about <laughs> in the ad break. Okay. This is a small room as well. Exactly. <laughs> that was the whippersnipper, and this is the week in review. Just cleaning things up after everything that's happened this week. Um, Rugby league, obviously, there's always stories in rugby league. Jordan McLean suffering a hammy um, at training. The poor guy, Jacob Safidi. I wonder what Regan Campbell-Gillard did in that first camp. Yeah. Something, as the rumour is, and this is a wild rumour, it'll probably get shot down, that the Penny Panthers crew... Mm, just don't want him in. ...ain't a big fan of the Big Eel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I've heard that. 
But yeah, anyway, yeah. like, are we picking rep teams on basically how everyone gets on well, and sings not, Kumbaya around the campfire? Yeah, I, I agree. And then they, you go with Jacob Saifidi, who I don't even think is the Knights' best prop. Like, I think Clem has probably been playing the best footy well <laughs> up, up until last night. Until his probably. UFC effort the full-time <laughs> last night. But, I mean, you know, I'm a bit surprised by that. But I do have faith in Freddie Fittler. So, mm. you know, he's he's got it mostly right so far. Luke? Brooks has slammed West Tigers officials after news was leaked to the media surrounding his potential axing from first grade. Mm. And I rate it highly yeah, from agreed, Brooks. Agreed. He's had enough. He's had a gutful. Yeah. Absolute gutful. That club reeks at the moment. Oh. The, the stench is bellowing in through these airtight doors here in this studio. It's there's a lot That's not from the West Tigers. That's that's the mics off. <laughs> So, well, yeah. here's Luke Brooks earlier in the week. Stuff sort of coming out from the club that uh, it's pretty disappointing that people in the club tend to leak leak a fair bit. And um, obviously without myself being spoken to and seeing it in the news was uh, pretty frustrating. But um, yeah, it was all, all cleared up. And um, yeah, in the end I was, I was playing, so it was all a bit of a storm in the teacup, I guess. Noddy was good with that and he wanted to talk to me first. And I guess that was the frustrating thing that it came out through the media but um, myself there's never really discussions about dropping me but I guess it was more about where I can fix my game and where I can get better it does get frustrating but I guess it's sort of a part of it um, in, in my position when you're going good the halves get the wraps when you're going bad it's on the halves it does get frustrating because sometimes you get blamed for it and Sometimes I feel like I've played a, a decent game. It's a part of it, and um, I sort of learned to deal with it, and I'm sort of used to it now. It's a big decision for me, and I've got to have a think about um, what's best for me. I think a lot of the time I probably haven't put my, myself first with these decisions. Yeah, when the time comes, I'm going to sit down and probably be selfish with my with my decision and do what's best for me. And Will might he be as well. Now, not to tell another person what to do with their life, mm. but I would love it if Luke Brooks looked at, say, the Dolphins yeah. and Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Missed out on Reese Walsh. It's a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah. Left the Warriors. Wasn't allowed to go to the Dolphins, but the Warriors, by way of the way the contracts work in the NRL, can pick and choose if they're going to release him. Mm. But I, Luke Brooks hopefully looks after himself first and foremost. Mm. He's not tied by club loyalty because the, the way that he's been treated mm. inside that club it's just flat out weird. Yeah. You don't hear these sorts of stories coming out of clubs like Melbourne, Roosters, successful teams that have had success, keep this sort of stuff in-house. And you double down and you think the comments that even made the press about Adam Dewey, you're like, this sort of stuff should just never see the light of day where Adam Dewey saying, oh, I want to play 5-8 and you know, holding the club to rest. But that's probably not the way it is. He's got every right to ask about you know, him wanting to play in his best position. But then how do we find out about it? One of the great things that you have as a team is the privilege of being in that change room and sharing only what 18 players or whoever the squad, 30 squad members and the coaches have. That's your sanctity. That should be a safe yeah. place where you should be feel vulnerable, trust each other. And when it's going out, all that does is just spell doom uh, for that club. And they need a, a proper clean out from uh, head to toe. Will it work though? Will it work? Well, it has to. I mean, they've got... The, the, the thing that surprised me on top of that is the Seraldo knocking it back after knocking back a five-year job. Now, if you're a young coach going in, to me, that team is, is can only go one way. They're, they're, they're an absolute rabble at the moment. And if you've given five years, that means you get time to pick a list, build a culture, 
and the club's got faith in you that, look, it's not going to happen overnight, but we trust you and your processes to do it. And if I was a young coach, that's the exact team that I'd want. But in Serraldo's case, he's looked at it, all I can do it to marrying into a dysfunctional family. Yeah. It's always going to be dysfunctional. It's very, it's very hard to change the family dynamic. Do you think, though, that... If you're coming from the outside in. in it is, but that's... I mean, isn't that a great challenge? Isn't that something where you can come in and go, right, now I can really... And if you do take that club, let's say you do take that club, which has got a lot of very good players who are just lacking direction. We've seen when leaders, good leaders, good halfbacks in clubs are having success at the moment. Um, when you get those combinations right, and I do think they've got it with Hastings, Brooks to an extent, and Dewey, they've got... It's all there. They just need yeah. someone to come in and steer the ship. And at, at you're only ever a couple of good weeks away of turning a bit of momentum around and having, and you know, as I said, I, I thought as a, a, if I was Serraldo, I, I feel like it was a silly play missing out. Text on the text line from Marcel. Like, g'day, boys. Interested in your thoughts. Ivan Cleary recently warned Cameron Serraldo about prematurely moving to a head coaching role. Do you think Ivan is looking more closely at keeping Serraldo at Penrith after witnessing the Roosters capitulation without Craig Fitzgibbon? And also have the Chooks jump the gun signing a coach for five years, just saying. Well, yeah, Roosters, one part. But Panthers went okay off the back of Trent Barrett, who was highly regarded as an assistant coach leaving there. Yep. So I don't know if he's kind of trying to keep Serato close for his own purposes, Ivan Clear. It seems that... Yeah, well, I mean, they just I, need to be pointing in the right direction well, at the moment, I, I Penrith, think, the way yeah, they're going. Yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, that team is just amazing. That's got organic um, synergy, as in those players have grown up playing together and they love playing together, and you can see it, it's reflected in their footy. Mm. And I mean, that coaching gig, I'm certainly not going to underestimate how hard coaching is, but I feel like what a great opportunity it would have been for Seraldo. Uh, and, and I feel like he's missed, missed a step by not taking that gig. Another text on the text line, boys, uh, as a fan, so happy Luke Brooks spoke of how he can now disappear from our club. Good riddance myth, myth delivered zero. Well, he was a daily M halfback, and I know that was a lot. <laughs> A long time ago, but I liked the way that he came out in that conversation and said, I, I want to play finals football as well. It's not necessarily all his fault. Yes, he's probably underperformed and not done well. He's highly paid, but it still doesn't give the club any excuse of coming out and, and, and leaking information about a player. Now, if that, if you're a young bloke stepping into that space, you'd be looking over your corner in regards to thinking who's, who's going to be bitching about me behind yeah. my back and gossiping. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Keep the texts coming. Uh, tennis. Isla Tomljanovic. She lost her quarterfinal through the week, and this made my stomach turn. She she gets into the press conference and is asked a asked a question about her ex boyfriend, Nick Kyrgios, who in the previous twenty four hours had been in the news or still in the news for an alleged assault. And it's before the courts in camera, so we can't say anything. Obviously, we don't know what went on, and it's up to the courts to find out. He hasn't been charged, my understanding is, yet, but he has been summoned to appear in front of court to answer a few questions about it. Tom Lanovich was asked first question in a press conference about what do you think about what happened with Nick? I mean, even asking anyone about their ex-boyfriends at any stage is generally out of line, let alone in front of the world when you've just lost a match. I mean, what are you trying to do, trigger a a reaction? I mean, sometimes you have to question. The media has a big, important role. I mean, they sell tickets. They're just as – they're a stakeholder in the game as as, as much as the fan. But to go down that level is just – it's absolute dross, like Daily Mail sort of gotcha sort of moments, clickbait crap, which – so far out of line, and I th- 
thought she handled it so well. I mean, that yeah. would have been the putter throw for me. I just would have picked up the bottle <laughs> and gone and stormed out, you know. I, what, your thoughts? Oh, you at least, uh, if you want to know that the answer to that question, you at least ask two questions to start with on the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't but go maybe. in there first up with that. <laughs> yes. Hideous journalism. Yeah. Hey, staying in England, uh, New Zealand, England, the, the series just finished, and then England backed it up by a mammoth run chase against India to, to win the test match this week. Yeah. Brendan McCullum, who's taken over the test cricket role with England – has been hailed as this revolutionary figure mm. in cricket. Basball, even though he's come out and said that's, that's a pretty stupid name, don't call it that. Yeah. But they're calling it Basball. Um, the way that a really aggressive style yeah. of cricket. Is this going to catch on or is it a kind of honeymoon period uh, situation with McCullum and yeah, England? I think it's been – I think the journalists have made up the term. I don't think Baz is going in there going, let's play Baz ball. That's definitely not his style. He's very subdued. For him, it's all about the players. I think he, the way that he played his cricket, he is trying to reflect and transform the way potentially that the test cricket is played. There's no, um, there's no hiding the fact that test cricket, I guess, is, is dwindling in the amount of popularity and engagement that it gets. Hence, we have T20s, the shot in the arm that cricket needs. I personally love the way that England and India both went about that game. Um, it, Steve Smith questioned whether it's sustainable, whether it's sustainable or not. I appreciate the fact that these guys are willing to lose a match to win a match and to go out and play aggressively. Which hasn't always been the case. Yeah, that's right. And to play to your strengths. Um, and, you know, this then opens the door for the ideas of potentially playing. If teams are going to play like this, you can play four-day tests, um, which, you know, again, I think people will be in favour on. And it was about moving the game forward and not thinking that any result is unachievable. Matthew Mott's first go as interim coach and they put on 400, close to 400, mm. the Poms. And to be honest, that's what fans want. They want boundaries. They want sixes. They want entertainment. What about this for an idea? Mm. <laughs> you reckon we'd ever get to the stage? And it feels like every kind of two, three-year block, Test cricket has been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed on the calendar by, you know, IPL, two-month yep. Wipe out for the international calendar yeah, and because it's only they want to grow that. as well. It's going to yeah. grow. UAE twenty T twenty, South Africa T twenty, Big Bash. What we're doing here? Yeah. Could you see a point where we do go four day tests and to the point where if it's a draw, the team with the best runway wins the test match? Yeah. I, I, look, I, I'm I'm open to all those ideas. I think the traditionalists and purists will probably you know be shaking their heads and scoffing at it, but. I'm all about trying to get as much engagement as possible. Now, when you watch that run chase of 380, that's some of the, was some of the most exciting test cricket that I'd seen. Mike Atherton called it bonkers, but in a good way, is in that you're watching it and you're watching Richard Pant come out when they're five down and score a run of all 100. You're watching Johnny Bairstow hit his second ball over mid-off, and it's just not seen. But the conditions dictated that, as in the wicket was... Receptive. Receptive to that style of cricket. You're not going to be able to do it everywhere. And on the flip side, you watch the Aussies over in Sri Lanka in the first test... And they, you know, they were going at four and a half, yeah. which in, in traditional sense of cricket, you know, anything above three is very good. Hmm. Aussies were going at four and a half, you know, being aggressive. So games will dictate and lend themselves to that sort of batting. I, for one, like that. Brendan McCullum did it in the big bash with the heat. You know, he went after the bowling. That's his natural p personality. And, and bringing that into the game, I think we're only going to see the best out of plays. We're certainly seeing it with Bairstow's in career best form. I'll be... I'll be interested to see where it's going to land in a few years' time with the fact that will we see 450 in a day? Yeah. 500 and, in a day. How good would that be to yeah, see be awesome. that? Yeah.
Exactly. We're off to a quick break here on uh, the Mowers Club. Back in a moment, uh, I think we've got a caller and uh, a few other things before we get to the 10 o'clock news. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back uh, to the Mowers Club. We've got a caller here, uh, Sharky from now, our man down uh, in the south coast of New South Wales. Morning, mate. How are you? Morning, promoter Dave. Put it down here, guys. I'm down here at Bombardier Sporting Complex. Group 7, we've got three first-grade games in here today because of the rain and crap going on. So we've got 12 o'clock, we've got Barry V. Kiyama. Come and see um, young Morris's brother playing and he, Matty, plays the right. We've got at 1.35, Gerringong taking on Milton. Oh, she plays from Eagle Club. And then um, up past three, we've got the now Bombardier Jets taking on the Shellover City Sharks. So anyone down here in the Shellover want to see a good day of footy, Pop in the Bondi Sporting Complex. You can come and watch the footy and the bonuses. You come and meet the shark man. How good's that? Oh, how good. <laughs> Please tell me, Sharky, Sold. that you'll set yourself up in the back of a ute selling beer out of a case. No, no. I, I, no, I sell tickets, mate. I'm the gatekeeper, so I decide who comes in, who oh, don't brilliant. come in, and what goes on. Brilliant. Well, make sure you so, get yeah. down there to see Sharky this afternoon. Sharky, have a great day, mate. Enjoy it down there. Hey, and, and, hey. Yep. One more thing. Up. Up. <laughs> hey, boy. See you, Sharky. Absolutely enjoyed that on Thursday night, I dare say. Uh, another call. It's uh, Gary from Newtown. Gaz, good morning. Good morning. I'm just thinking about Melbourne. I'd just like to make a couple of points about Melbourne. When they played Manly, Brandon said on the Matty John show that uh, the next day they got punished. I find that a bit funny the next day after a match you're training. Well, and and, the, and yeah. then you lead and then you lead into lead into the game the other night. If you, they've got they've got Brandon Smith, Pappenhausen, yeah. and Hughes. They'd walk into any side. I, I my read on Melbourne is this: I think they're missing Cameron. When they panic, Cameron had calm them down. Yeah. I think it's a big miss. I don't see Melbourne stand, being the last four standing. At well, the end of the season, well, I don't see a, it. I think there's call. a problem in Melbourne, and I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a statement. I've been wrong in the past with Melbourne many Quick, times because the news is coming. But gas. I think Bellamy's been. I think he's there one one year too long, Bellamy. That's my read on it. I don't think he can bring him back. That's uh, my read. I reckon he can, but I reckon you're right about the top four this year. I reckon they're gone. Wow. G-A-W-N, the way wow, that they're defending they at the moment. That's interesting. Yeah, so Thanks, all the Gary. big hitting Great issues insight. here on the Mowers Club. Back in a moment. Take your calls on 1330. No, that's the wrong word. 0457 736 736. Sam Thorday on the way to talk a bit of footy. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back. Nick Davis uh, presently on the tarmac at Sydney Airport on the way to Tasmania. How good. Sent me a photo. He's got the uh, the wing seat. We'll have you NR a bit later on. It's yeah. a bit of a disappointment when you get the wing seat. Yeah. You can't. There's a view blocker. You can't, no, I, view, I don't yeah. want to sit here. I don't want to watch a piece of metal yeah. for the next three hours. Yeah. Not a lot to see in Hobart anyway. So, anyway. What's the Cadbury factory? <laughs> yeah. Wineries. A couple of great parts. Look, I went there actually uh, for a week You just don't year, like it. The Dark you're... Mofo. I went for the, the festival. Oh, yeah. And it was fantastic. I love Hobart. I'm a secret Hobart fan. Didn't love it, though, when you were in a bubble there for the BBL. That was... I lost my mind there for about two weeks. 
proper yeah. undies on my head job while I was over there. You know, you're running around, lost it. Because uh, you couldn't go anywhere, could you? Couldn't you? do anything. Couldn't get a coffee. Couldn't, you, had, you know, if you had to order, you had to order from outside. You could go for a walk, but you just got stuck in this hotel. And we had this bar that you had in at the hotel, which you're allowed to go to, which all the players were allowed to go to. But you'd sort of find yourself in there the first time at, say, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and 2 o'clock and 11 o'clock and then yeah. – Nine o'clock in the morning. Just, I was, like, there's nothing else to do because you can't leave, and you you might not be playing for three days, and you've only got a lot of training hours for two or three hours at ground. So, yeah, it, it slowly went uh, bonkers. I, I was I would took the dog to the beach yesterday. Mm. And I was looking around, going, yeah. Remember when we May 2020 when everyone was flipping out? Yeah. And, you could go to the beach, but you had to walk and you couldn't sit on the beach. And then if people you walk too fi- close to someone. and fine just sitting on a park bench. <laughs> like, Remember that? When people, police were going through Bondi, like you can't sit here and eat your lunch and people were just kicking yeah, off. Like, by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it was so strange. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, on the text line, boys, I'm not a fan of tennis players, writes Rooster Man, but imagine doing a press conference every second day all year talking about personal issues in tennis. That's why Naomi Osaka, uh, that's what Naomi Osaka talked about. I work in HR and I'm going I'm going crazy, so imagine tennis players. Yeah. It's a good point, Rooster Man. They do do a lot of media. and a lot. It's mandatory that they have to do press conferences after, before. Like Kyrgios was told he had to do a press conference overnight. Because yeah. he didn't play the semi-final, but all the media, international media, and it's weird they get they get uh, kind of chaperoned around. So they go into the press center, and that's that one you see on the TV with them talking in front of yeah. the lectern and everything like that. Fifteen minutes there. If they talk a second language or third language, it's same another fifteen again. minutes in wow. the same room with their native language journalists. Then they go and do a radio interview, mm. and then they get taken to all the international. TV rights holders, wow. which can be up to six or seven different studios, one after another. It's almost just as long as the game, isn't it? You, well, yeah. you spend justifying or talking about your performance. I think the final has to last two hours. Otherwise, the said player who wins final mm. spends more time talking about said final then, with the media after it than playing in the final. Yeah. I know. Like, I've got, I got a lot of respect and sympathy for, for tennis players, what they have to go through. Um, I did read a... Uh, my favourite book of all time, Adam, is Open by Andre Agassi, which mm. explains a, a range of uh, personality, you wouldn't call them issues, but challenges that he had. And I've gained a lot of respect, and I do have a lot of respect for tennis players and single sportsmen, golfers alike. Um, there is just no hiding out there. Um, mm. And if you're having a bad day, geez, you have to do well. We've just been blessed with the likes of Federer. When he gets up and speaks in front of everyone, he's just the ultimate professional and gentleman. And I think everyone sort of expects... You know, every, you know, we want our Nick Kyrgios to be a bit like Roger Federer off the field mm. um, and on the court. But, uh, yeah, I agree, Rooster Man. Tough work for these tennis players. But they get paid nicely if they get yeah. it all right. So, yeah, there's yeah. that balance. But, no, <laughs> that's what everyone looks at. But it is it is an abnormal existence, put it that way. Uh, we're going to talk some rugby league right now. Abnormally, Queensland are underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this has got all the makings, doesn't it? We're going to Brisbane, by the way, now, so we can't be too biased here. So we're SEN 1170, but we're also on SEN Q, which has started yes. up in the last couple of weeks up there in Brisbane. Correct. And uh, part of the Channel Line coverage uh, for all the rugby league, and this Wednesday coming for the State of Origin, Sam Thido joins us right now. Um, Sammy, down here in New South Wales, we don't buy this. Munster, no Munster, whatever. 
we just don't buy this. You, 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 you're playing at something here again. We could smell something in the air. The rope of dope. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think you can fake COVID. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like he's our best player. Like uh, you know, he killed it in game one. And what are, what's Queensland going to do without him? I, I've heard rumours. Uh, that uh, JT might be coming out of retirement. Uh, 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 Alfie Stoll, uh, just for the one last game. Could be Alfie uh, himself. Alf, but, uh, he, he came to the old QE2 back in the day, uh, back from England, uh, and won uh, the series for Queensland. JT might be doing the same thing. He's been in camp for all two games so far. Uh, he's been in camp for game three as well, so he's ready. He knows that would the call. Be amazing. He knows all the plays. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm spreading that rumour. Uh, you can run with it if you want. Uh, totally up to you. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, Savvy, so Cam Munster out, Murray Toilungi out as well. Corey Oates comes in on the wing. That Okay, Corey's a, a performer, a, form, an yeah. established performer. Mm. Tommy Dearden is in for Munster. Now, does Hunt go to six, Tommy off the bench, or Tommy straight in to start the match? How would you play it? Uh, I'd throw him in the lines then. Um, you know, he's uh, faced a lot of criticism his, uh, his career so far, and I think he's, uh, he's uh, really copped it on the chin. And um, He moved from Brisbane up to Townsville uh, with a huge uh, cloud over his head. You know, he was touted as the next big thing in the halves, and uh, I think he's been playing some really good football up there in, uh, in North Queensland and uh, enjoying his football at the moment. So he's playing with form. Uh, I reckon start him. Uh, leave Ben Hunt in that number nine position uh, and, and if anything does happen and he is struggling, you've got good coverage there, you've got, uh, you've got uh, Harry Grant that can come off the bench playing that nine position, you can push Ben Hunt into that half uh, and uh, yeah, we've, we've got uh, a few bases covered and I think Billy spoke about it saying he's been in camp uh, the whole time, he knows the players, he knows a lot of the players in that team as well so I reckon give the young kid a go and uh, I always say, too, every team needs a redhead, and uh, uh, he's a fantastic redhead. <laughs> That's brilliant, mate. Well, you've just touched on you've just touched on Billy Slater, and, I mean, from the outside looking in, it just looks like he's an absolute natural coach. Um, what have you made of his, his coaching so far, and where do you see his future lying? Obviously, he's got the origin. Do you see him being a, a head coach uh, of a rugby league team in the not-too-distant future? I think there's definitely an opportunity for him, to be honest. Um, who knows? He might be the succession plan for Craig Bellamy down there at the Melbourne Storm. Yep. I know he loves Melbourne. He's, he's based down there now. He's got his farm out there. He loves it. Uh, he's breeding horses. Um, I just know that uh, it's, a, it's a huge commitment when you become a, a full-time coach. Um, so maybe he's just, uh, you know, giving himself a little bit of a taster at the moment with uh, the, the Queensland duties. And I think he's doing a great job. Uh, he's, uh, he, he looks really focused. Uh, he speaks really well when, uh, when he's interviewed. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think if you look back to game one, and it's, it's hard to remember game one after game two and, and the devastating uh, loss for all the Queenslanders. Um, you know, I thought he came up with a really good game plan. He had a really uh, focused team. Uh, he just needs to get back, that, uh, back to that for, for game three. And, um, you know, we'll have a, a fantastic game on our hands uh, come Wednesday night. I agree, Sammy. Now, look, for us common folk who have never played Origin, can you describe what it's like running out onto Suncorp Stadium, packed crowd, game three, decider, and maybe explain to us and the listeners the the emotions or the impact that that has uh, going out and playing that game of football? 
Or well, if you've ever been in, uh, seen your, your favourite rock band or, or uh, music <laughs> artist and you've been in the Taylor crowd. Taylor Swift. Uh, and you're, if, yeah, if it's Taylor Swift for you, um, I'm, I'm a bit jealous. I've never got to see her live in concert. I'd, I'd love to one day. But um, if, if that's your jam, that's your jam. But uh, whenever you're at a concert and you, and you hear the crowd roar and, and even yourself being in that concert, in that moment, you, you get those goosebumps. Uh, you multiply that by 10 uh, as a player running out especially as a Queenslander on the Suncorp Stadium, uh, hearing that uh, that crowd roar uh, and cheer for you is absolutely amazing. So um, that's what it feels like running out and, and representing Queensland, uh, especially uh, up here in, in Brisbane. Um, I, I hope that those those feelings are, are felt by all those Queensland players as they run out there, as they stand there arm in arm, uh, eyeballing their families as they sing the national anthem and... Uh, uh, hopefully they're inspired and pumped up and, and ready to get this victory and, and seal the deal here in Brisbane. Hey, Sam, a, a question from the text line, uh, the Port Macquarie, and we talked about this before as well, about Regan Campbell-Gillard. So obviously a bit of shuffling around for New South Wales up front. Payne Haas gone. Uh, in comes Jordan McLean. He goes with a hammy and they bring in Saifidi. But uh, morning, Mowers, do you th- what do you think about Regan Campbell-Gillard's non-selection for games two and three? Because the Panther contingent didn't want him in the team. Conspiracy theory... Or not, he's a better prop than Saifidi. What What do you make of this whole situation, um, Sam? And will we see the Courier Mail go big on it just to try and unsettle New South Wales before the game on Wednesday? Yeah, why not? I'll, um, I'll ring Pete <laughs> Waddell myself today after this phone call, actually, to be honest, and leak it. If he's not on the um, phone to Wayne. You know, I'm, I'm already starting rumours anyway uh, about JT making a comeback, so I might as well start a rumour about New South Wales as well. But uh, I definitely feel for Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, I hope he doesn't take this to heart. Um, I think he's been playing some uh, great footy for uh, the the Eels this year. Uh, And, um, you know, form-wise, yeah, I think that um, at the moment, I I think he's got a little bit better form than uh, Saifidi, who's been playing in a Newcastle team, which has been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, So um, definitely feel for him. Uh, Unsure of any of the other conspiracy theories that are going on in New South Wales camp, but if they want to continue to squabble with one another, I'm happy for them to do that. you know, if they want to get rid of more players uh, and uh, you know, that Penrith contingency, if they want to uh, be upset with uh, maybe uh, Jerome and uh, Nathan Cleary, I'll be happy with that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and what a decider we have. Um, it's, it's been set up uh, for an absolute brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, game one was, was great in Sydney. Uh, a, a fantastic result for Queensland uh, against all odds. Um, definitely the, the better team in uh, in Perth. I, I thought that was the best team that New South Wales uh, were able to pick. Uh, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to after the roller coaster week, which has been Origin Week this week for for both teams. To be honest, uh, I'm looking forward to Wednesday night. What do Queensland need to stop that New South Wales threw at Queensland in Perth that they couldn't cope with? Well, first and foremost, they need to stop uh, New South Wales from scoring. Geez, they scored a thousand tries at first. Um, <laughs> That'll help. And, and off the back, that, that definitely helps. Um, but uh, they just need to compete. I think in game one, they really competed hard on every little play, um, putting pressure on the kicker, their kick chase. Um, it was all those little things, and I think those things kind of fell away from them in game two, in game two over in Perth. Um, and New South Wales ticked all the boxes. Um, their intent was there. Their aggression was there. Um, their, their want and willingness to, to get the ball, whether in attack or defence. So, um, you know, we have to uh, match and be better than New South Wales in that area, if, if anything. So, 
Um, I'm sure that uh, uh, the coaching staff of the of the Queensland team will have them fired up this week. Um, you know, they already uh, closed a uh, training session already oh. uh, the other day. They did in the pro session against the Kummels uh, and, and asked people to go away. So um, it's, uh, oh, sorry, not the Kummels, the, the PNG Hunters. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're fully focused and, and that's, that's, a, that's a good sign. Uh, that's good to see. And, um, you know, it's uh, just have to, have to bring it come Wednesday night. A quick one um, back to Bronco land. Reese Walsh. Uh, attracted to the Broncos, not the Dolphins. How did this play? What's your thoughts on this being played out with the Warriors almost selecting, it seems, for Walsh to go to Brisbane and not the Dolphins? Well, it's almost um, just the uncertainty, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to know what that, uh, that Dolphins team's going to be, what it's going to look like. Um, it, it might be a couple of years of, um, of hard work. Maybe Walsh has seen some of the changes at the Broncos. You know, he was a part of uh, the system there for a little while uh, and, and probably saw a few things and um, has probably seen how they've changed as well. And, and maybe the Broncos uh, are a little bit more shiny at the moment than uh, the Dolphins are. Um, but I, I'm really excited and looking forward to seeing him back uh, at our club. Um, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a young byproduct of our uh, elite player development program. Uh, so we've put time and effort into him, and uh, it'll be great to see him uh, wearing a Broncos jersey in the future. Sammy, really appreciate your time this morning, mate. Um, enjoy Wednesday night, but uh, from a New South Wales perspective, not too much. Yeah, I will. Uh, if, if, if the game's uh, not that enjoyable, I'm sure I can uh, enjoy myself with a catch for that. Runner-up prize going around that. Best period of your life right now. The retired player... Done the great things for, that you have in your career, and you can go to the cax and not have to put your hand in the pocket all night. Fantastic! Well done. Yeah, that's it. It's even better. You, you can get uh, you can get the sugarcane champagne if if uh, sugarcane uh, champagne. If What's that? Yeah, Bundy Rum and Coke. That is. So the forex. But no, you can also the Milton mangoes are always free. But uh, yeah, you always want the sugarcane champagne. Oh, Keep going gonna, all night. I'm going to use that. I That's bet it does. Good. I bet it does. Enjoy, Sammy. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, same Thido and uh, same Thido, and of course the deciders exclusively live and free from 7 p.m. on Wednesday night on Channel Nine and on Nine Now. After the break. Anything that didn't quite make sense in your week, let us know. Yeah, nah, that's on the way. 0457 736 736. Let us know your thoughts. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Now, usually this is the domain of Nick Davis who comes in with a shopping list of grievances for this particular segment, Socky. So mm. I don't expect anything like that unless you've got a lot to get well, off your no, chest. Well, no, it was a late call-up and, uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, nah, I don't have a lot. Yeah. But we, we can work through some. I mean, I'm, I've mm. been scratching my head. You can well, there's some social off. conventions that you can bring up, I'm sure, that have got on you, iri- uh, given I you the irrits. haven't got long enough to bring those <laughs> well, just up. Bring up. bring up a couple, but I'll, I'll start us off today. Usain Bolt earlier in the week mentioning the fact that, you know what, I went out to Australia and uh, tried my hand at football mm. and uh, they weren't at my level. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. I don't think so, great man. <laughs> 
I don't Rinsing Australia after think we so. were so good to him and looked after him and even gave him a shot when he's clearly not incredible amount of respect and nothing will diminish that respect for what he did with spikes on. Yeah. But with football boots on, yeah. Wasn't yeah, quite nah. the same athlete. And for him to come out and retrospectively look through the lens of Trumpism, I'd yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, when yeah. something's real but not real, real. and yeah. you think it's real, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. not quite. Yeah, How about the swagger on him, though? Like that? It's that a lot of swagger. When, I guess if you're the fastest man in the world, yeah, you're going to yeah. carry that around. But, Adam, seriously, how would he have gone if he played in Europe? What, what level could he have well, I can't answer that. gotten to? I can't answer that question because he wouldn't have. Okay, right. So it's an irrelevant question. No he, worries. He but Manchester United were knocking at one stage. <laughs> sure they were. Yeah, yeah. and um, I was going to play for Liverpool against him. <laughs> Maybe you might have. I haven't seen you kick the old round ball around. You any good? Uh, no. No. Yeah, no. No, you're not. Good. Um, all right. Well, my first yeah, no, is I'm planning a trip in 12 months' time to go to Italy, and I've just been reading on the news, obviously, there's a lot of stunning coastal towns, but the stunning coastal town of Sorrento will now be charging tourists up to $700 Australian or fining them. Uh, for wearing bikinis in and around such said areas. What? Yeah, $700 fine. Uh, The mayor has brought this in. Uh, It's divided people on the internet with some people who are saying that it's appropriate. Maybe it's a few of the locals, but I think if you're on a coastal town on holidays and you're in those beach pools and spas, I think you're quite entitled to wear your bikinis or or your budgie smugglers. In there, I come from Manly. I see a lot of it. I do draw the line, however, at maybe shopping at Coles in your mankini or whatever desired effect is. But uh, as a general rule, that's a... uh... Yeah, nah. The Sierra Leone Football Association has launched an investigation into two First Division matches that finished with scorelines of 91-1 and 95-0 describing them as impractical results. Say that again. 91-1 and 95-0. That's teaching you a few uh, hard lessons in life. The association said it had a zero tolerance for match manipulation or anything of the sort. (laughs) But that's not the biggest result in football history. came in Madagascar in 2002... When a team beat another team, 149-0, reports Reuters. And in fact, the team that got beaten by that margin actually intentionally scored an own goal after another in protest over refereeing decisions, which they disagreed with, (laughs) which I would think was the least of their problems. 95-0, 91-1. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Another? Oh, that's, that's another yeah, nah. Now, I've got another yeah, nah, and this one's with the cycling. Um, what frustrates me, and I understand fans who go and watch the Tour de France, they want to get involved. I mean, you get a brief fleeting moment of the cyclists riding past you, but obviously we had that serious incident last year where a girl was trying to say g'day to a grandmother with a, with a nice poster and ne- took <laughs> out half ne- the field. Ne- nearly killed 10 people. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> it's happened again. Um, Italian rider Daniel Oss has withdrawn from the Tour de France with a broken neck after crashing into a fan on stage five. Now, the fan 
is again just trying to get a selfie, an Instagram post out, shoving his head out on those narrow cobbly roads as if these mm. guys haven't got enough to contend with than absolute muppets who just want a selfie for Instagram. So that is a big. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Bloody influencers. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, rained a lot in Sydney this week. Mm. So just a quick one. Leeches. What? Yeah, nah. Have you been getting them on your... They're everywhere. Are they? Yeah, because they're on your, on your lawn? Oh, the, yeah, lawn, and then they want to try and get inside, and then the dog tries to eat them. Oh. And, but what, what? Why? What? Why were they invented? Yeah, what's their purpose? What, how, what's their purpose? Carl Pilkington always used to say that. He's like, a jellyfish is made up of 97% water. He's like, well, why don't you just make the other 3% water and be done with it? What's exactly. the point of it? Leeches. Like the, okay, 0457736736. If you're Someone a scientific researcher, yeah. why leeches are on this earth? What purpose do they serve? Gibbo, have you got any... Well, we are, we are big in the scientific community, Adam, so I'm sure they'll be listening in their droves out there. But on... On yeah, nah, I've got one for you. And this is a real easy kill. We could say this every week, but I take it personally when I let someone in on the road yeah. and I don't get the wave back. Oh, and yeah. and happiness yeah. turns to anger. And <laughs> I'm I'm on that guy's tail. I'm trying to get next week. Mate, where was the bloody wave? That's just etiquette on the uh, road is needed and greatly appreciated. Can I give you a bit of advice? Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go after the person mm. because eventually life will get them. Yeah, well, you sort of size them up first and then if, you know, you think you can handle yeah. them, that's when you go up next. Where was the bloody wave? Window down, window down. Yeah, yeah no, I, I just let it go. Let it go, that, yeah, that, okay. That, yeah. You've just got to be able to hold on for that 15 seconds and I find that really difficult because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all over. The car will go and that's it. That's on for the rest of your day and you can generally – let it go. But I had a guy, I had a dog in the back of my car, same instance. It was quite wet. I was taking the dog to puppy daycare in the morning and I had a car right up my backside and I'm not driving fast. I've got the dog in there. It's wet. So I'm doing probably 50 in a 50 zone. I'm doing the speed limit, but obviously clearly this wasn't enough. So then when I pulled over the driver behind me in a four wheel drive, Ooh. slowed up right next to my window and sort of was just death staring me the whole time as if to say like, what is your problem? Mm. I think he saw the dog in the back. Um, and my, uh, I don't know who was barking more, me or the dog, <laughs> the, 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 the heat on the screen. I'm just like, mate, what are you doing? Um, and it does for you, a, a second in your mind, you're, it triggers you to like, I just want to give this bloke an absolute spray. But then, you know, they're gone. They, they turn mm. around the corner and it's and it's done, Gibbo. So you need to learn a bit of uh, woosa is what I would like to say. What's that? Woosa. Okay. That's from uh, Bad Boys. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, off to a quick break on the Mowers Club. Oh, one more. Yeah, no. Um, really bald sports journos whose byline photo looks like it was taken when they were teens. Dave <laughs> yeah. Riccio, come on, mate. That's just good. own it. Festa. Hey, I'm not going to bag him. No way. Uh, welcome back to the show. So ask and you shall receive on this particular radio station <laughs> somehow. Put it out there. Leeches in yeah, no. I don't know how we got to this, but leeches, what is their purpose on earth? Stephen O'Keefe, and yeah. we weren't sure. But um, joining us, Gibbo, Mark from Melbourne, uh, is an expert in the field of leeches. So he's going to tell us right now. What? He's a doctor. <laughs> I can't believe. Have we got doctors listening? Yeah. Gee whiz. You're a doctor? You're way yeah, too smart to be honest. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, no, you, you're a 
you're a high IQ show. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I listen to you regularly. I'm actually, I live in Sydney. I'm a mad keen night swallow, unfortunately, oh, after mate. last night. Sorry, but, um, but I'm just down in Melbourne for the weekend, and I just wanted to say, um, I, I vividly remember Nick playing in the grand final when I was on call for the hospital. I was watching the grand final when you were beating the world, when you beat the West Coast and I was on a call from the hospital at the same time. That was a few years ago. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> Tell us about leeches, mate. I, I still remember it. Yeah. Well, look, with that, we, leeches suck blood, right? So mm. in the olden days before we had diuretic medication, so, you know, the fluid tablets, which like Warnie took, God bless yes. his soul, um, yep. <laughs> we, give those for, we give those for heart failure to, to reduce the fluid load. But in the in the... Uh, middle, mid, you know, the medieval times when they didn't have any drugs, they actually put leeches on the patients to bleed them, so they'd reduce their blood volume by sucking a heap of blood out right. of them. So it's a well, well recognised medical treatment. Can can they actually? Five hundred years ago, though. can they cause some great <laughs> harm to you? Does it go the other way? Can they give you something that you really don't want as a human being? Not, not that I'm aware of, apart from an itch. Okay. Um, Okay, well, there you go. relatively safe. I'm going to go yeah. a bit easier and on the old leech. stuck with said leech is salt. Is that the key to get them off? Do you, do you, Apparently, you shouldn't yeah. pull them off because yeah. they can cause damage. No, you shouldn't. They get stuck. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to get stuck pulling a leech That's off. That's right. No. no. <laughs> stuck pulling <laughs> anything off. Well, mate, we, 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 we might need Mark as a f- resident <laughs> caller just to maybe ask a few oh, health care yeah, issues. <laughs> can you I'm be actually, a... I'm actually, I'm actually right. a neurologist. I actually do, I see, I know a bit about concussion too, so. Oh, well, we need to keep this number. This is real handy. Um, I have a lot of health. I'm getting close to 40, and there's a lot of health checks that I need to get uh, screened up on about. So we're going to keep your number, and uh, I'll call you probably outside of ours. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want to don't want to dig too too deep into that rabbit burrow. That's my mind, mate. You'll get lost. (laughs) Mark, thank you for infusing this particular radio show with a modicum of intelligence. Really appreciate it, mate. Call of the day. No worries. See ya. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Wally Masseur's on the way. Speaking of intelligence, uh, Wally Masseur's on the way, and we're going to talk a bit of tennis and the Wimbledon final involving Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic after this on the Moles Club. Thanks to Toro. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. And, uh, well, tomorrow night it's going to be a long night, Stephen O'Keefe, yes. because we're going to be up watching Nick Kyrgios play Novak Djokovic in a Wimbledon final. It's a sentence I didn't think I'd ever mm. say, to be truthfully yeah. honest. And joining us now from Stan Sport, he's all over it. He's uh, covered the tournament for Stan. He's all over the Today Show. He's, he's like... Every time I look at the Today Show at the moment, it's Masseur and then Stefanovic. Um, Wally Masseur, how are you? Well, I think what happened, Adam, and good morning to you and Stephen, is that I did appear on the Today Show once and then, yeah, back by public demand, I think. I don't think nine will Next minute, back, gold Logie. The groundswell of opinion, yeah. It's those housewives. Yeah. They've just demanded it. <laughs> they petitioned Mike Sneesby into saying... reality show, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, well... Uh, I opened up there with that sentence, Novak Djokovic playing Nick Kyrgios in the final of Wimbledon. How how does that sound to you? Well, Adam, as you said it, you said, which we can't believe, but we all thought it was possible, didn't we, over the years? We all, I think everybody, even people that don't follow tennis, can could see Nick in action. Um, And he gave us little windows into what he was capable of. Um, But it was just a question of putting it together over time. And, he certainly has done that. And I think a big thing for me is he's always had the game, but I'd have to say he looks 
physically the best I think I've ever seen him. Um, hasn't played a full schedule, certainly didn't play a full schedule through those COVID years, but he has this love of basketball and whatever he's doing, he should continue to do it because he looks good physically, moving well. Uh, Wally, Steve O'Keefe here. So he's he's had the he's got obviously had the extra day off uh, missing the semi final. How much of an impact will that have, and what does he need to do to beat the likes of the Joker uh, in the final? Yeah, I was trying to weigh up whether that was a good or a bad thing, and I think ultimately you have to say it's a good thing. I believe take the take the injury aside, I believe that um, you know he Nick was in the, in the place to beat Rafa. I mean, he's beaten him before at Wimbledon, and I think given where the two men were respectively in form and in their career, I think Nick was ready to beat him. Um, and Rafa was, you know, as I said, injury aside, he would have had to recover from that, um, you know, that long five-setter with Taylor Fritz. Now, the only trouble with Rafa, to beat Rafa, he always exacts a price. It's never easy. Mm. And I think that would have been detrimental for Nick's chances against Novak. I think against Novak now, he starts incredibly fresh. Um, he spoke about being really nervous the night after the Rafa match when he didn't get to play. So he would have had all this anxiety and tension ready to play Rafa, but there was no physical outlet. So I think that nervous night and the night where you play the match in your head, I think that's gone. Uh, He gets that extra 24 hours to prepare. Uh, I think this really plays into his hands well. And it was interesting for me watching Novak in that first set and John McEnroe made the comment against Cam Norrie Novak, first out of Australia, can't go to America. He has his eye on history. So every time he plays a slam, now there's a greater weight because he's just not getting a chance to play all four slams yeah. in a calendar year. There were times in the French Open when I felt he had Rafa where he wanted him in the match that they played, but he couldn't close it out. So once again, is there is there just this added pressure on Novak? Because he walked out on centre court against Cam Norrie and he played a really nervous first set. There was absolutely... No question about that. Took him a while to settle in. Once he did settle in, he was ruthless. But if you don't settle in against Nick or any of that trust or belief is not there or any sort of nerves, um, I think Nick is ready to pounce. He's got the game to pounce. In terms of how does Nick beat him, obviously the serve. You know, Nick's got the best first and second serve in the world. A lot more balls will come back from Novak than most other players because he returns so well. But Nick's got power. He will win his share of points. I think all Nick has to do is identify the times where he needs to be patient, where he needs to play with a bit of variety, which he certainly can do. And look, I, I do think he's got the game to beat Novak. Novak's second serve to me is something Nick can exploit. He can step up and, and punish that. And Novak's first serve is accurate, and the grass gives him a little bit of extra. But the second serve to me is vulnerable. And, you know, I think there's an escape clause in any rally with Novak. If you slice to Novak's backhand, it's not that he doesn't like it, but he will play it very carefully. So if you're behind in the count and you, you can opt out and play either a foreigner or a backhand slice into Novak's backhand, more often than not, he safely plays it back. But that, that changes the shape and the momentum of the rally, and it, it gives you a little escape clause in that rally. So I think there are things that Nick, you know, obviously knows about, and um, to me, the court, it's had a lot of play, no rest on the middle Sunday. There were a few bad bounces against Murray. That's good for Nick. He's very capable of serving and bowling or moving forward when the time is right. I think there's a lot of little areas of the game that he can exploit. Just on Nick, you had a bit to do with him when you were involved with the Davis Cup setup, and he was an emerging player. Um, 
okay, everyone said what they've said about his physical output in terms of preparation, but his tennis IQ, and it's it's relevant here because of what you mentioned there about how he has to be patient and pick his times. Is he one of those players that plays on a whim or he's actually got a really smart, no. savvy tennis yeah. IQ? Yeah, really good. And I got to see it even a little bit closer. Just recently, I've been helping an 18-year-old kid out in Sydney who's you know, emerging player, you know, playing the futures and the challenges, and he's overseas at the moment. Nick played him in the first round of the doubles at the Australian Open, and, you know, a bit like me, he kind of saw him and thought, oh, this kid's interesting. And Nick has been practising with him a lot in Sydney. Now, I've spent a bit of time on court with Nick and this, this kid, and Nick is really invested. Like, he's really talking to him about his game, what he needs to do, and I'm like, wow, this is gold. You know, he's just dissecting this kid's game and talking about where he needs to take it. He's encouraging him. You know, he's right in his corner. He messages him. He said, look, when the time's right, mate, we'll play doubles. Um, Nick will never be a coach, but he would be a really good one. Mm. What's well, like a man here with yeah. cricket. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's stick to Wimbledon uh, for the time <laughs> being. Um, he's a polarising character, Nick, and, uh, you know, I know we want to probably stick to the tennis talk with him, but I do want to get your opinion, Wally, since you, you've had, a, I guess, an intimate relationship with him or know him a bit better than uh, <laughs> intimate in the right ways and you, you know him personally. Yeah. Um, what, what's your take on Nick and the theatre, I guess, that goes on with uh, his tennis? Is it is it part of his game? Is it part to throw the opponent? Is it part trying to sell tickets? Um, or is it just a, a part ego? Where where do you sit in regards to the way that Nick's um, behaviour has carried him so far? Uh, to me, it's pretty organic. I, you know, if, if if he feels it and he sees it, you know, he reacts. Um, I don't think it's manufactured. I think it's just pretty organic. It's just who he is. Yeah. Um, look, one, one thing, and I've probably said this a few times on air over the last few days, because obviously, you know, there's been some controversy in some of the matches. I feel like, and it was the same with McEnroe, Ilya Nastasi, Connors at times, Agassi at times. You know, tennis has this ability to throw up, you know, characters that can be disruptive. I just feel like there's a lot of rules in place. Mm. Um, tennis is one of the most over-officiated sports on the planet. You know, one umpire, one supervisor, sideline. You've got all the chair people, you know, the linesmen. You've got Hawkeye. Like, and there's rules, you know. And I just think sometimes the umpire... Um, you, you've got to enforce those rules. You've got to be pretty clear. You've got to be pretty unambiguous. And I think at times the umpires are reluctant to do it when the better players are on court. And sometimes a match can descend, you know, because of that. And, uh, you know, th- that's my take on it. Look, we, you, there was a guy in the second round, Davidich Fakina. You probably don't know him, but he's actually a good mm. player. He was defaulted on match point because he'd gone through the steps where he'd obviously overstepped, overstepped, you know, warning point game wow. match. And it was match point he was done. And it was oh, in the tiebreaker in the fifth step. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the rules are there. Just just apply them. And, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Wally uh, on our tours occasionally get really? a little angry, get a little aggro, never to the point where he needed to get socially defaulted. How many but, tennis rackets has Wally gone through in a game of social tennis? Oh, no, I didn't see him throw rackets, <laughs> but I reckon back in the day on the practice court, Wally, you got rid of a few. Well, look, here's the, here's the thing about tennis. I was really calm, actually, but it's a great sport for losing your mind. I don't know why, but it's, it's, um, there's, there's nowhere to there's hide. Like this psychological pressure that builds up and, um, I was as quiet as a mouse, but every now and then I'd just have a brain explosion. And you look back upon it and you go, what was I thinking? Um, it's just that kind of sport.
<laughs> well, it's beautiful. We watched say Brandon Smith in the in the league last night. He got sent off. He called the uh, oh a couple of days ago. He, got, he called a the referee cheating. a, a <laughs> cheat, um, and you get ten minutes in the bin. Now tennis and about eight weeks probably, the, the, as well. and eight weeks uh, and and a good fine. But the thing with tennis is there's no and I admire swimmers, tennis players out there. When you're on court, you've you've got nowhere to hide. You're on show. You're having a bad day. It's not like you can. Uh, get someone to come in and cover you a gap or fill in a spot. Um, and in that sense, I do have a lot of sympathy for the tennis players, in particular someone like Nick Kyrgios because he wears his, you know, you'd love to play poker against Nick because he wears his heart on his sleeve, something that people find endearing about him but also frustrating. Um, you know, what I, I guess maybe talk us through the challenges that you do face as a tennis player when you're out there with the pressure on you, particularly in a Grand Slam final. Yeah, and I guess that's all part of growing up, maturing, you know, accepting um, the good and the bad, you know, not mm. flying too high, not getting too low and trying to reset, you know, forget the past. And they're all little things that as a tennis player, you know, each set is kind of like a punctuation mark. You've won it, you've lost it, you know, trying to stay on an even keel. I think Roger has done it amazingly by stint of his personality where he's just a guy that kind of lives in the moment. I think Rafa has disciplined himself to be in the moment and Novak and Andy Murray have certainly learnt it over the years. It's a journey that a lot of players go on. Um, I think, too, it's pretty important who's around you. I yep. think that you need, a, not necessarily a coach, but, you, you know, it could be anybody. It could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend. But you need, you need a mirror. You need someone that can actually um, give it to you, tell it to you straight. You know, these are the things that are hurting you. This is what you need to work on and... You know, at, at every point, player, players wrap themselves in layers to protect themselves because for the majority of players, you lose every week. Mm. And you don't win that many titles over the course of your career, so you lose every week. Um, when you lose, you know, if a boxer has too many losses, he's done. You know, yep. A few losses and you're out. Your career's over. In tennis, you can have a lot of losses, you know, hundreds and hundreds of losses in your career. So you need to wrap yourself in layers to kind of protect yourself. But at some point, too, there's got to be honesty. So this, this is all part of the journey that you go on, and it's sort of, you know, the boy becoming a man, really. You've just, yeah, you've just got to mature and, and kind of figure it all out. In closing, Wall, uh, who wins and why? Mm, yes, this final question. Okay, I'm going to say Nick, and Ooh. I don't think Novak is the supreme Novak that we're just, we just expect. I think there are some chinks there. I think Nick can take advantage of his second serve. Um, I believe... Nick has the all-round game to do it. I believe now he has the the physical ability to do it, even if it goes the distance. Um, and make no mistake, Nick Nick will have to execute well. You know, mm. he'll he'll have to be at his best. And the one thing that could be a stumbling block for Nick, I think, is this thirty or thirty-one Grand Slam finals for Novak. So at some point, he's going to feel comfortable out there. This is Nick's first and. I don't know what it's like to step out in a Grand Slam final, but I imagine it's pretty daunting. So that how he how he copes with that may determine the whole match. And just quickly, the uh, the women's final as well. Ons Jabeur of um, Tunisia, her first Grand Slam final against Elena Rybakina of Kazakhstan, <laughs> Russia, four years ago. Interesting, it's turned out this <laughs> yeah. way. Well, that was a that was a good move because of course Kazakhstan they've got to be of oil money and they buy Russian players to represent their national team. Right. We played Kazakhstan in the Davis Cup, and they were Russian. Um, right. So, yes, yeah, fortunate, isn't it, that she made that move. I'm yeah. picking her to win. Yeah. 
goes how stupid. Uh, oh, goes to show how stupid the rule was to ban them all. You can buy Russian players. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't. She's well more. She's you. more Russian than Victoria Azarenka is Belarusian. <laughs> but because she's held yeah. onto her passport Azarenka and lived in the states for fifteen years, she gets, she's banned. She gets, yeah. But okay. it doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, anyway. Right. Anyway, British politics has had Hen- some interesting uh, issues this week, and um, yeah, this has thrown up another one with <laughs> yeah. uh, a Russian in the final. Anyway, uh, Walter, thank you. Look forward to the coverage on Stan. Thanks for the chat. See you guys. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, and we're back on uh, the Mowers Club uh, just before the 11 o'clock news. And just um, a text on the text line 0457 736 736. Carl from Cronulla. Uh, yeah, nah, sport here. Noah and his arc provided the grandstands last week. It was on. Magic day today. Dry grounds, sport off. I'm so with Carl here. So explain that to me again. So dry grounds, like sport last off. Last week it was yeah. biblical, the rain. It was yes. on because they didn't get time to close the grounds, the council. Yes. Now this week they've had time to close the grounds, but they haven't looked at the weather forecast. Look at it outside. I can't see a cloud. Yeah, that's that's a massive year. No. The grounds are mush anyway. Absolute shame. Get yeah, the kids nah, out there. Nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no, all day. It's atomic, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Far out. We've got a 1,000 texts on the text line. We're going to get yeah, through good. them in the last hour. Definitely some... Uh, Good ones here about um, leeches and the tennis. In no way connected the two, those particular subjects. Back in a moment with the third hour of the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. No, Nick's in Tasmania. So, uh, yeah, he isn't here, but... Steve O'Keefe is here with myself, Adam Peacock. Um, Socky, last hour. It's flown by, hasn't it? That has flown. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a new Rolly just call in. Can you believe the quality of people who listen to this show? Who wasn't quite uh, across the fact that Nick isn't here and you yeah, are, Steve. That's, that's fine. He that's... Bought, brought up the 2005 thing and he's actually texting. He's such a lovely guy, Mark. Um, hi, sorry, uh, Adam and Steve. I thought Nick was there, hence the Swans 2005 call-up. Um, my number is here if you ever need it. Don't read it out on air, though. Too many patients already have my number. Dr. Mark, I'm a neurologist. So, Dr. Mark, I'm a neurologist. We will be getting in touch. Every time we have a medical query. Emergency. Yeah. Um, we should have asked him about this one. Uh, this from Matt. Uh, question for you. It's grand final week. A few blokes, blokes playing test positive for COVID. They feel fine. Are the powers that be at the club hiding this info? Uh, I don't reckon the powers that be are hiding it, but maybe the people who actually undergo the test might be. The play, yeah, the players. If and they, I must admit, when we're going through the, the BBL, that the you know the swab may not have gone in the recommended five to ten centimeters around, and we just had a general. Well, I think there should be a general blanket rule. If you feel okay and you're unsymptomatic, let's play on. It's something mm-hmm. we're going to have to live with. Comes final times in rugby league. Do you see us going back into a bubble? You see a bubble happening. I mean, because it's starting to leak into clubs. We don't want to see a grand final and we're missing a Nico Hines and a, a Rudolph, mm. for instance, if the Sharks do make it. Well, as I said earlier, I reckon Djokovic has put himself in a bubble, His own bubble at Wimbledon. Yeah. He's yeah. walking straight off court to do press to go straight away yeah. after it. So yeah. anyway, um, uh, we've got another text here on the text line. The thank you wave. We brought up the thank you wave before. Mm. I'm going to put a reverse sticker on the front window. Bring back the thank you wave. Yeah. Very good point. Frustrating driving around. He said something else here, Flynn, but I can't say exactly. Exactly. We've got uh, a call from uh, Jace from North Parramatta right now. Jace, good morning. 
Hey, good, good morning, Adam. Good morning, Sock. Good morning. How are you guys going? Good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm going well, thank you. I'm going well. Um, I've got, I'm going to have a chat to you about... Uh, I, I tuned in to Gibbo's um, debut. Oh, uh, yes. Overnight. Yeah, and it was... Um, it did really well. Like, I was, you know, I was probably just as excited as he was. And I know that he... That was good that he said that he reached out to you, Adam. Um, maybe he was looking for some Churchillian type pre-match, <laughs> uh, uh, full guild, full guild pre-state of origin type. We will fight uh, them on the beaches. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, he did. He did really well. I had a, I had a good chat to him. Um, it's it's pretty much an AFL crowd, I think, that time of the night. Um, yep. Tough but man. he did. He did well. He got one little thing uh, with. Uh, I think it was Jeremy Jeremy Cameron and Tommy Hawkins mixed up. I think he said Jeremy Hawkins or something for for like the uh, AFL Geelong players. Well, but I reckon at that hour have, of the morning you'd be thinking of Jennifer Hawkins. <laughs> well, that's, that's well he did. He actually threw he actually threw Jennifer Hawkins in there. He actually threw Jennifer in there for a bit of a smother. So he did really well. Oh, like it was actually. I wouldn't quite mind a, being smothered by Jennifer Hawkins. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> with a hug, with a hug. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, no, he did, he did really well, Gibbo. Um, the uh, the the cheese thing. So, um, uh, I'm a massive cheese fan. I'm a Kiwi, so you know, I love everything that he does. Brie or Camembert? Um, oh no, sorry, Brandon Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you look at look at my waistline. You could definitely, yeah, I like all of it. But um. But no, uh, for you, stock like in um, in cricket, um, what would would a person you know you got the stump mics and everything like that, and um, you know they pick up all sorts of things, don't they? What what would a person in cricket kind of look at for for that type of calling an umpire a cheat? Oh, you'd, yeah. you'd be you'd be right. It's it's about as bad as you could possibly get if you infer. Now there's it, it does get heated on the cricket field. Um, but a lot of it, as you said, is picked up by the stump, Mike. But a cheat is where you really do draw the line. I thought it's probably worse than the other C word, isn't it? In many respects, for a, an official. Yeah, like you could you could blow up deluxe and and be angry and show disappointment is what we're told. We're allowed to show disappointment, um, but if you overstep the mark and call it, that is you'd be banned for a significant amount of time. It's probably about as bad as what you could say underneath racial vilification um, on a cricket field. So I, I don't know what he's going to get the cheese. I mean, it could be anywhere from three weeks upwards, a big fine. Um, and I think deservedly so. It's just not a word you can say even in the heat of battle. So um, will that be the catalyst for the Storm to turn their season around? Um, I don't know, but I would not want to be uh, hanging around Craig Bellamy for the next week or so if I was the cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Jace, yeah. thanks for that, mate. Really appreciate the call this morning and um, keep listening to overnights when Gibbo's yeah. on. Yeah, we want some reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. No worries, boys. Thanks a lot for taking the call. Good stuff, mate. Uh, Jace from North Parramatta there. Um, he hasn't been charged yet, has he? Brennan uh, Smith? No, it's got to go to It's going to go straight to the yeah, judiciary. It's been yeah put through and then Referred they'll come up with a, an appropriate... Punishment. What do you reckon's appropriate there? Month? I, 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 yeah, I think they have to set a standard with that sort of chat. You just can't. So 
as a as a fan and a player and a young player looking up, if you think that the player is calling the umpire, he thinks he's a cheat, and you're watching the game, that then gives fans reasons and excuse to block. We don't need to give them any more. And young kids now believe that that's a way that you can go around and say, oh no, well the umpire's cheating. So you have to, unfortunately, and I love the cheese. I love the way he goes about his business. Um, in this case, he's gone too far, and I think they will have to make a standard or set a standard. Um, or sorry, set an example of him in this case, and it could be, it could be a month. Yeah, I think they definitely need to set an example of what he's done because it does filter through. I, I, mm. I'm fortunate enough to be able to go and watch my own kids yep. play junior sport every weekend around the place, and it's. It's there. And anyone who says, oh, it's not related, they should judge it, they should let him off, blah, 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 blah. It, it doesn't have much of an effect. It does. Huge effect. It filters right down. It goes mm. to every park around yep. Sydney, around Brisbane, around wherever you are. It There is a translation between what happens, what we see on the television on a Thursday night, for instance, in this instance with Brandon Smith at Cronulla, mm. and what happens on the Saturday afternoon in suburbia. Absolutely. Seeing it with the AFL, I just think they have to have a mandatory, and I think once this comes out now, I think there has to be a mandatory sentence. If you go, if you call anyone a linesman or anyone a cheat, there has to be a mandatory four, six, whatever it is that the NRL come up with. Just put, just put a number out there. That's it. You go down this path of inferring that you will miss four to six. Um, the AFL have covered it really well, I think, this year in regards to whether you like it or not, the 50s for blowing up the umpire. And it's done in a way that, look, it might be a little bit over the top and frustrating for fans at home, but it's done to protect the game and particularly young umpires uh, and the integrity of the sport, which, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing it for the fans and we're doing it for the kids who want to go out and play the game and enjoy themselves and be stakeholders in every way, shape or form, and that includes umpiring. Mick from Bondi on the text line. Back to leeches. <laughs> yes, we are talking about leeches on this beautiful Saturday morning because of all the wet weather around. We can't mow our lawns in Sydney, I'm speaking. Up there in Brisbane or you lot up there with the sun and everything like that, you can mow your lawn every day of the year if you want to. But down in Sydney, it's a little chilly. Soil's gone dormant, but there's leeches everywhere. Hi, boys. On the leech theme, my 14-year-old niece woke up with a leech on her eyeball last oh Sunday. Oh, my God. My mum and dad were beside themselves. Paramedics poured saline on the eyeball and the leech fell off. Child unharmed, oh, Mick from Bondi. Except for the mental trauma that you're going to face for the rest of your life. What a heartwarming Wake tale. Wake up with a leech on your eye. Boys, Bushman's insect repellent is also a really good leech repellent when you're bushwalking, not just on your skin. Put it into your socks and boots so the little buggers don't even get close to your skin. Road tested on the Kokoda track. Want to walk that? Paramat. Thank you very much. And another text... Back to the tennis. Folks, it's funny, the twists and turns in life. I remember you with Boom Boom Becker discussing Nick on the Fox Wimbledon coverage. <laughs> Boris hammered him. Five years later, Nick in the final, Boris in the clink. <laughs> Poor Boris. I feel for Boris. He did the wrong thing. He's paying the price. Yeah, It's not been a good week for dudes named Boris. No, is it? No, yeah. Becker watching all the past. Did you see that last Sunday? They had all the legends walk out. Anyone who's won Wimbledon got invited to walk out onto Centre Court and be introduced to the crowd. Boris wasn't there. No, no. The green PJs. He didn't. He didn't get. Boris was about 100 k's away, locked up. Uh, And Ash Barty was on some golf course somewhere. So, yeah. Anyway. and Michael, yes, but umpires can cheat. There's been evidence in every sport. Why not call them out? Well, Michael, well, Michael, I don't think the referee on Thursday night was cheating. It was Brandon Smith acting like a so-and-so. So 
I don't know. Yeah, there's due process. Trust me, there's cheating umpires in the NRL, no doubt. Yes, there is doubt. That's right. I, they out. are well remunerated umpires. You know they're paid over three. And who would want to be one? Now it's look, sometimes cheat, they get the rubber green and and they get incorrect calls. But it's not cheating. And to infer that someone is disrespecting or taking away from the integrity of the game without proof or just because you feel like you haven't got the rubber the green is completely unfair and unjust. And you will face the full wrath of the uh, NRL commission, unfortunately, for the uh, cheese. The call line. This morning, I think we've had more calls this morning than we've had in the last six months combined. It's mm. amazing. It's the uh, eleven o'clock flock, Adam. <laughs> so, well, it's eleven fourteen now. So, mm. call in. We're gonna. Uh, Who we got borrow. now? Who we got? Uh, uh, Pedro, done. the rooster from Petersham. Obviously, Brandon Smith heading to the Roosters next year. Be interesting to see what he thinks. Pedro, morning. Hey boys, how are you going? I actually was going to re- tell you a leech story, but um, <laughs> Do it. my view on Brandon. On my view on Brandon, um, mate, I won't condone it. Uh, he'll get punished accordingly. But in the, in the heat of the moment, sometimes you do stupid things. He's a young yeah. guy, so yep. he'll he'll get punished accordingly, and then he'll uh, come to the Roosters and he'll be like, be an angel <laughs> like the rest of the Roosters players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do no wrong. <laughs> when I when I was a young fellow, we went for a surf and camping trip in the Royal National Park in a place called Era. And um, you had to, uh, we got dropped off at the top of the mountain and you walked down the mountain and it started pouring. It had been raining on and off. By the time we got down to the campsite, we were covered in leeches. Oh. We dropped our gear and just ran into the surf. Uh, they, they jump off you pretty quick when you dive into the salt water, oh, let me tell water. you. Okay. Yeah. Right, so that's a tip. Yeah, it was horrendous. They were all over us. Have you ever had to try and re- remove one without the aid of... You know, it's, fire or salt or seawater. Yeah, it's near impossible. They're little suckers, literally. <laughs> <laughs> to dear life. And, and they're so slippery, you can't get them off. Is anyone having breakfast out there? Or a brunch, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Let's assume they're not. <laughs> not now. So go on with your story. <laughs> you got something for me? Uh, so, yeah, so that, 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 that worked a treat. So you dive into the water, but uh, it wasn't the most enjoyable weekend I've had in uh, camping down there, but... What do you do? The sacrifices you make for surfing. Exactly. Pedro, thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. Have well, a great day. So there we are. Woke up this morning about 7 o'clock. I can't wait to talk a bit of sport this morning. And we spent the best part of the last hour talking about leeches. leeches. This is the Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Steve O'Keefe in for Nick Davis this morning and we're going to catch up with Tristan Merlihan, uh, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au right now. Once again for the in-depth look at all the odds around the place at the moment. So uh, Tristan, since we last spoke earlier in the show, Billy Slater's done a bit of media and saying that Tommy Dearden's probably going to play 5-8. That's the feeling that all the journos at that said press conference are getting in replace of Cameron Munster. So what has the... The, uh, the turmoil inside the Maroons camp in the last 24 hours done to the market. Yeah, g'day, boys. And, yeah, I'm not a fan of talking about this being a big Queensland fan, but it has been an absolute massive move on the back of it. So yeah. this time yesterday, it was $2.25 Queensland, $1.65 New South Wales, uh, and two and a half was a line. Now it's $3.30 Queensland, one thirty-four New South Wales, and eight and a half. So I guess the other thing to be mindful of is that uh, the Brizzy Lions are playing up here, and they've had a lot 
pull out for uh, for COVID as well. So hopefully there's no more from either side that uh, they'd have to withdraw. But at the moment, yeah, it's eight and a half the line, which would probably be the shortest price New South Wales has ever been at Suncorp, I would suggest. Just on that, was there any moves before the news got out? As in, like the, the rumours... Early mail. Do the Yeah, early mail, a few text messages float around. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Might take that little bit of uh, potential overs about it. And there was a move before it became official or it didn't work out that way? No, well, normally there there was uh, are always those... Uh, you know, those early moves, but I think it was probably from uh, our point of view, because you get picked off when that happens. It was it, The news came right when the news bro- uh, were on were on TV and on, on the radio. So I think everyone got it right at the same time. So our traders did a very good job. They were well aware of it and pulled down the market immediately when uh, when the first bit of news broke. So no, uh, from our end, no one did uh, sneak, in, uh, sneak in early. But um, yeah, there, there, there were still a few people on earlier in the day, and New South Wales were well backed in the lead up before anything uh, had broke. And uh, so a few punters are quite happy with their minus two and a half bets, I'd suggest. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So what your traders are across very social media savvy across Twitter and across all the rumours and and all of that because it, as much as I don't want it to happen, I, I like seeing you guys get your pants pulled down <laughs> occasionally with the price. No, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Our, our traders have got all these uh, channels open on social media. We've got all the news up to get all the latest breaking news. We've got your uh, your profile up to see what horses we have to lay. And uh, yeah, so the traders are all uh, all over it. There's another one coming. I'll do mine now, actually. So how's your <laughs> yeah. Tristan with this bet that I have for the cancer cancel each week? A hundred dollars, very generous from topsport.com.au. It's fair to say that I know I haven't been on the greatest of runs. Is that? Is that a nice that, way that to put be, it? You did, you did jag a nice winner a few weeks ago, but yes, uh, it's been a little barren of outs, yeah. So this week, <laughs> I haven't had a much, paid much attention to it other than checking the WhatsApp group that I'm in with with a few mates, and they've got a horse running at Scone today. Uh, in oh. race seven, trained by Bjorn Baker by the name of Diamond Hands. Now, I'm loath, and I always make the joke, apologies to Blah Blah Stable, your horse now has no chance. I'm going to have to apologise also to the ownership group because <laughs> this morning I'm going to have my 100 on diamond hands in the seventh at Scone, the secondary meeting in New South Wales today. And there's been a bit of a move for it. Bjorn's tipping it up on Instagram. So um, what can you do for us price-wise, top sport? Yeah, well, it has been very well back, 550 into $4.40. So, uh, yeah, the ownership uh, group will be a little bit disappointed to hear this news. But uh, what we might do, it, it has firmed up a little bit. We could either take the 440 or stick it on top fluctuation, which we have at Scone, which is a pretty good product there. So I might do that for the charity bet. We have got over 5,000 in the kick at the moment, so 5,122. So uh, I must have found a few winners along the way. Uh, I've just checked my WhatsApp group, and I've been blocked from it. I didn't know you could do that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Anyway, Socky, what have you got? Uh, what's my – well, I've got so many things running through my brain at the moment. Sugar Cane's uh, – Joel Cane's horse is racing in 10 minutes. King's, King's Trust at Randwick. Ooh. Now, I think you could have got it at 11s. It's into 7s. Um, I don't – Good good run last start too, wasn't it? Yeah, it's run a, run a place. So I'm thinking maybe can I run King's Trust for a place into mm-hmm. Parramatta – and a Wanger Blake try uh, combination into Chief Atoll mm-hmm. in the last at Randwick. What are we getting there? Yeah, so we've, got a... <laughs> yeah. we've got two horses, so try got... score and Parramatta to win. 
keeping with yeah, your personality at times, Socky. It's a bit um, yeah, jumping all over the place that's, there. Uh, that's, yeah, I've got seven personalities. <laughs> so how many bet I can put seven bets on then, can't I? <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was race eight, wasn't it? Race eight, yes. number 15, Chief Altony. Uh Chief. Yeah, I think it's Chief. That's it. That's the one. Yes, $25.52 that works out at. That, so a oh. nice, little, uh, wow. nice little dividend there if we can get a result. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be talking to Hutchie of this lobster now. Make sure you don't fill in on Saturdays anymore. So. Uh, um. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, let me know as well. Who's winning this? How, do, how does this get divvied up? <laughs> it goes to the Cancer Council. Okay. Well, that's it. That's better than my And it pocket. also puts Just... Tristan out of business. <laughs> I could I hear through his voice there. Yeah. He was smiling but not laughing. No. Well, <laughs> look, this could be dead in 10 minutes. So, yeah, we'll so find it before this show finishes, we'll know where this multi's headed. So. Oh, man. Well, you, you had a crack, so that, that, you, you lived up to the. Um, to the, 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 the stupid multi, so you've done well, and uh, we'll, uh, Thanks, <laughs> we'll see if you have more or less success than uh, than, than Dickie. Yeah, right, geez. let's spin through uh, a few other things. Um, Tristan, we'll go NRL first of all. Obviously, a, uh, a, a narrow weekend with in terms of matches played. What have we got market-wise for the two games to come? Yeah, market-wise, we've got the first game Tigers against the Eels, where it's a dollar twenty the Eels, four seventy-five the Tigers, thirteen and a half. And I'll certainly be watching to make sure Wonga Blake doesn't score a try. He is at two dollars sixty-seven in uh, in that market to score a try. So the the, the Tigers obviously had a really tough run over the last re- recent few weeks. So Eels will be trying to bounce back after their disappointing loss too. Then the next game, I'm struggling to understand why this market's sitting where it is because the Broncos are a dollar seventy-four favourites, and the Dragons are two twelve. And just looking at the teams on paper, the Bronx have got a lot missing, and the Dragons are in pretty good form. I thought they mm. probably should have been favourites in this game. The line's three and a half. It'll be interesting how that one ends up tomorrow up there at Suncorp. Mm. Uh, tennis, mate. What have you got uh, tennis-wise? How much is my mate Curios paying to take out Wimbledon? Yeah, your mate Curios is four dollars twenty to win Wimbledon. Uh, Novak a dollar twenty four. That line, which we touched on earlier, is four and a half. So if you think Nick can keep it tight, you can get him plus four and a half at two oh five. One of the other popular betting options is the sets betting, where Novak's favourite option is three nil, two dollars fifty, three one three dollars. In five sets, he's six dollars. And all the Nick options, if you think you can win straight sets, he's fifteen dollars, and then ten dollars about both the other options. So plenty of markets up there for the game. Should be a beauty tomorrow night, but the the women's finals on tonight, where Ons Jabor is the one dollar sixty seven favourite, Rybakina is two dollars twenty three. I thought that might have been a little bit tighter than that. Like she knocked off Halep in the semi final, which mm. um, I think that form line's pretty strong. So I think she's a big chance to cause an upset in tonight's final. A uh, little bit of cricket going on as well, mate. Uh, good day for Australia day one. What are the markets looking like for an Aussie win, draw, or a unlikely Sri Lankan win? Yeah, well, obviously, Stephen Smith uh, registered that 100 that he's been waiting so long to do. The Aussies are five for 2.98, and they're a $1.36 favourites on the back of it. The draw, $4.60, and Sri Lanka, 9.50. We also have a market which always gets a lot of attention in between days, the over and under run line. So I'll get your opinion on this, Sock. It's uh, $1.80, the under 449.5, or over at $2.04. So whether or not you think the Aussies can get 450 Yeah, I... I, I think they can. Things just happen so quickly over there, don't they? And that wicket is deteriorating 
rapidly. So you I'm get the feeling s- that Stark and Cummins, when they come in, they're well, not going to just block about. No, are they're they? going to play aggressive, and Paddy Cummins has also outlined that. So look, I, I, I'm, I, I think it's a fair line. I think they will shoot past that, and I also think that it'll be an innings job on the Sri Lankans. Ooh. I think the Aussies. Carver. Well, yeah, I think they'll 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 run this in pretty pretty comprehensively. So anyway, there you go. My thoughts. Uh, you please. Also, don't usually touch on this, but Formula One neglected to mention it at the top. They've got a sprint race tonight, and then the actual race in Austria happens on Sunday night. I would say sports wise that the lock of the weekend would be Max Verstappen. Really? To win in Austria. The actual race, not the sprint race tonight. Mm. But uh, Tristan, how have you, have you seen that play out on Top Sport? Yeah, well, the market is right on uh, side with you, which is always a concern, Adam. It's $1.57 <laughs> max for Stappen. Uh, Charles Leclerc is three seventy five, And Sainz, after his big win last yeah. start, he's $11. And then the two Mercedes are both 17 But yes, for Stappen, very firm favourite. Daniel Ricciardo, 16th in qualifying for the sprint race overnight. Seriously, I bought a 2002 Mitsubishi Lancer for my son earlier this week. And that car is better than what he's driving around at the moment in that so McLaren. You're, you're blaming the car. It's a it's a lemon. It's yeah. a complete lemon. It's the different. brakes aren't working properly. Power yeah. unit went in Lando Norris's car. Or the RDS, it wasn't working either. Yeah, he was in 15th Norris. So yeah. anyway, okay, Tristan, right. um, not your problem. Not right. anyone's problem, really, but Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo. So uh, anyway, uh, anything else before we let you go? Racing, winter racing happening, and, and Joel's horse about to jump at Randwick? Yeah, got a good day of racing. We've got the Chief to Beers up there in Brizzy. It's probably one of the later races of the carnival. It's uh, Mr Mosaic's been a, been a big go there. I'll give you give the listeners out there a little tip from Trent um, in Sydney because uh, it's a good. It's the Winter Stakes there in Sydney. Go to um, um, we'll go to race number. Where are we? Sorry, the he's scribbled this on the note. Race. I'm going to go roughy. Race seven, number twelve there, which is a horse called Albuana. It's been fifteen dollars into twelve. It's been pretty consistent this prep with two seconds and an eighth. So I think as an each way play, the favourite's been very very firm. But I just think uh, you might might throw a little something each way. Oh, that is like race seven, number twelve. Like. Yes, I was going to say it's the other Walla runner, but it's the only Walla runner Call in that particular race. Board, yeah, nice. Anyway, uh, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan. Really appreciate your time this morning, as always. Good luck, but not too much. And, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be watching with interest about that curious, especially at the $4.50. Cheers, mate. See you, guys. Speak to you next week. Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Back at a moment with plenty more on the Miles Club. The 2022 FIFA World Cup. And we're back. Uh, Willow from Windsor has texted in, I think there could be some sledging in this Wimbledon final between Novak and Kyrgios. They don't feel, definitely don't exchange Christmas cards. Well, mm. six months ago, Willow, I would have wholeheartedly agreed with you. But now, it's a love-in. Really? Yeah, they really respect each other. Because Nick, when Novak was going through what he was going through in January, when he came into the country and then it became a political, yeah. it became a political punching bag and... You know, the, Stood up for him, did he, the government of the time wanted to make an example of him, and they did. Mm. And I, I've got the opinion of that Novak really should have just not bothered or got vaccinated, but he was told, he was only following advice from Tennis Australia's, like, we think, but then the government was changing it. It was a yeah. complete mess, and that's another thing. Anyway, Nick stood up for him mm. and said that he shouldn't be treated that, that way. That That's not on. And that's brought them closer back together again when six months ago they uh, Nick was calling him out for being a douchebag in COVID times and organising the tournament in the middle of uh, the pandemic. Well, I do like, 
uh, well, there's two things I like. Sometimes when there is a bit of animosity between these top players, it does make for a bit more juicy content to watch. Uh, however, I do like also that he is trying to smoke the peace pipe with some of these players and, ga- and garner their respect. It's almost, uh, you know, it's not needed, but it w- it's nice to see some unity and respect at that top level between the best players. Um, so, yeah, good on you, Nick. Usually right now, Joel Kane joins us for a bit of a, uh, a look ahead to crunch time, but um, ain't getting him right now because his horse is about to jump at Randwick in the highway, yep. the time-honoured tab highway at mm. um, the second race at Randwick before 12 o'clock on a Saturday. But, uh, well, King's Trust is his uh, – King's Trust, is it? King's Trust, yep. number eight, first leg of my multi. I've got it in for a place. Uh, no one's tipping it. So that's um, his horse, but uh, so... stay across that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'll be much sledging between – Nick and Novak. I do actually think, though, that Nick could quickly turn the villain in front of the crowd and they'll get behind Novak yeah. because depending on how he how he carries on. And I'd be very interested to see, and I don't usually look at it, who the chair umpire is for the men's final. I think they announce it tonight unless they've already done it. But if it's a – there's a guy, James Kiothafong, who is outstanding. Right. He'll jump on things. But other umpires give – the ability for the player to kind of use their discretion, let some steam off, yeah. and let it get away. Yes, and Nick knows who those umpires are. Right. So yeah, well, interested to see how it all plays out. I never really thought too much about um, umpires in tennis at all. You know, they sort of go unnoticed, like a good wicketkeeper in cricket. But yeah. that, it, now more so than ever, I'm actually following umpires. What the rules and regulations are in regards to hitting balls into crowds, what you can and can't say. So it's it's definitely – Curious has definitely brought a new element uh, into the game. As we watch the race at the moment, <laughs> yeah. King's Trust is running dead last. Dead last? On the uh, rail there, is it? On the rail. Number eight. Okay. I that might have been the, the tactic. It's off the bit already with 800 to go. So <laughs> so much great sport coming your way uh, this afternoon on SEM. We've got uh, Rugby League. We'll be calling the Wimbledon final tomorrow night as well. And also across the test match from uh, Sri Lanka, Australia and Sri Lanka. So you, you reckon Australia's on track for a, an innings, uh, giving themselves the possibility of an innings victory? I just think given the conditions uh, over there at the moment, um, and the quality of spin and how well uh, the Australian spinners are bowling and the depth that they've got with their fast bowling and spinners, I do genuinely think um, that it, there's a good opportunity for them if they do post 450 that they will be uh, that they will be a good red hot chance of, of winning by an innings. Uh, as we just see King's Trust finish midfield, nothing uh, got stuck against the rail behind the pack. Wasn't a great ride there, boy. Gave nothing. Ring-a-ding-ding, Rachel King, the favourite's over. So there goes my silly multi. Apologies yeah. uh, to anyone out there who tipped it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so Australia, Sri Lanka uh, in the cricket will be good as well. Um, usually around this time we do do yourself a favour. Have you been watching anything um, streaming-wise or yeah, listening to a yeah, podcast? I have. Or? I've watched the Terminal. Uh, sorry, it's called Terminal List with Chris Pratt. It's on Amazon Prime. It's about a CIA, uh, sorry, a former soldier who uh, uh, comes home and his platoon is murdered or killed over there and he thinks it might be an inside job. So he goes and investigates. It's mm. an eight-part series. I like Chris Pratt. Okay. Love a bit of war, a bit of action, uh, and this ticks all those boxes. Do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour. I watched the Undeclared War through the week, a series, only a six-parter on, on Stan as well. Okay. Gibbo's got the opinion that all I'm watching is Stan at the moment. They're offering up some good stuff. But, yeah. Uh, it was... Good, 
the premise was good. It's about cyber warfare. Right. And it kicking off between Britain and Russia in two years' time. Okay. It's fictional. That's okay, yeah. But totally fictional. But it's based on the current political climate and taking advantage of that and then transporting into what if this happens? And the premise was good. It was just yeah, it didn't lacking, quite execute. Lacking something. Yeah, lacking I'll some tell you what, cohesion towards the end. I watched the the, you know when the Northman came out on, uh, it's about the Vikings, and I've got mm-hmm. a bit of a you know soft crush on Vikings and Valhalla and the way mm-hmm. that they lived back in the day. Uh, the North, the Northman movie I watched for the first time, which you can purchase and rent, is well worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Great story. If you're a little bit soft in the belly about gore, I probably wouldn't watch it, but a, a, a nice story nonetheless. Well, if there's one thing I think when I look at you, sock, it's very soft in the belly. <laughs> no, no, Viking. <laughs> Vikings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Smith on 96, the vice captain here, facing Rajita, driving through the offside and sneaking it through. Stephen Smith, all the hard work finally pays off. This 28th test hunt has been a long time coming and it means so much to him. Waving his bat to his teammates on the balcony. His fifth in Asia, second against Sri Lanka, 14th away from home. Chanceless and authoritative, Steve Smith back to doing what he loves doing best, making test tons. And that was the call of Steve Smith scoring a century on day one of the test between Australia and Sri Lanka. Australia in pretty good nick, five for 300 or around about, and calling that right there was Adam Collins for SEN. He joins us right now on the Mowers Club. Uh, good morning, Adam. Are they up mowing early over there in Sri Lanka? Yeah, you know what? It had been a while since I called a Steve Smith ton, <laughs> so it was quite a novelty. But, you know, he, he, batted, he batted splendidly yesterday. He, uh, he really did uh, accumulate the way that Steve Smith does at his best. He never looked like he was going to get out in the first 30 runs. And as we know, once Smith gets to 30, he's a daunting proposition. Another great day here, sun's out, a few clouds in the sky, but rain won't be an issue in the first part of the day, so Australia can press home the advantage they earned by the close last night. So your commentary box won't get blown to the next suburb like it did um, earlier no, in, the, in the tour? Oh, oh that was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> we, we were the, the storm on day two of the first test match was something I'd never seen before, but... I mean, let's be honest, they shouldn't have us on a tent on top of the pavilion to begin with. <laughs> so um, it, 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 is a, it was, it was an uh, occupational hazard, you could say. But we, we managed to use that and negotiate our way into the president's box last week uh, instead because they realised that it wasn't sustainable. If one of us had a fallen off the roof, it would have been a bit of a PR disaster. Um, so we used that leverage to stay in the other president's box this week behind the bowler's arms. So can't ask for much more than that. Cool. Uh, Adam Sock here, mate. How do you? I mean, it was, it was turning from um, from ball one as you'd expect over there with um, the, the conditions. How do you see this wicket playing compared uh, to the first test? Um, and what do you what do you what do you see the Aussies as eyeing off as a, a par score on that or their own score on that wicket being uh, good enough to defend? I think a fair bit more than last week, Sock. I mean the. The difference is, Amanus put it this way in his press conference last night, you could trust your forward defence yesterday, where last week you're on a hiding to nothing. If you played forward, one was going to spit at you, hit a glove, hit an inside edge, you were stuffed. Mm. Whereas yesterday the bounce was relatively moderate. 
The balls weren't spinning sharply the way they were last week. And importantly, the balls weren't going through the surface. So yeah. there wasn't that added layer of volatility. So I reckon they think this is actually more a traditional subcontinental surface, not a not an excessive one like last week. So they'll be eyeing off 500-odd. I mean, whether they get there is down to whether Steve Smith can bat for a couple of sessions. But they'll be thinking bat as big as they can in the first innings and let the pitch naturally deteriorate and do their thing. They've only got two spinners plus Travis Head. They didn't choose to go the Glenn Maxwell route, which was a bit deflating, I must say. I think we kind of, from a travelling media perspective, were looking forward to seeing what Glenn could offer batting number eight, but bowling as the third spinner, purely based on what we saw last week. I mean, Sri Lanka have only got one seamer, and I think the working thesis was that if the pitch looked anything like last week's, uh, they would have left Mitchell Stark out in favour of uh, Maxwell as the, the third spinner. But we'll have to wait until India next year when presumably Maxwell will play. So I don't think it was so much about these two test matches in goal for Maxwell. It was more about reintegrating into the Red Bull squad so that he's good to go next year against India as and when the need might prevail uh, with, a, with a bit of extra batting depth. And of course, what he offers as an all-round product. Yeah, it's uh, you, you look at that surface. I don't know, Sock, I mean... We're sitting here in Australia, freezing our backsides off, looking at Instagram posts of everyone in Europe going, oh, isn't this wonderful? <laughs> Even Adam in a, in a warmer clime of, of uh, Sri Lanka at the moment and going, oh, I wish I was there, wish I was there. As a spinner, are you looking at these decks going, oh, man, yeah, this I, is like a jam donut to it, me. I it, wish I was there. It is, and it, it's it's exciting, I think. you know, It's a different form of cricket. I mean, we're seeing runs scored at four and a half and over last night. They went at a decent clip as well. But, um, you know, with great power spinning the ball or lack of power comes great responsibility <laughs> over there, Adam. So you're expected yes. as a spinner to do all the heavy lifting. Hence, if you got rid of the fast bowler, as Adam was telling us yep. earlier, uh, you know, you, you're expected to take the second over and do the damage with it. So mm. I was a bit surprised as well with you, mate. I, I really would have liked to have seen Maxwell in it. I know it's, it would have seemed odd with three um, finger spinners, but did you notice at all any hints of reverse swing that may come into play that may... Um, sort of be in Mitchell Stark's favour? I mean, maybe, but not really. The square was really well watered between test matches. It doesn't look like that kind of square that's going to reverse. Yep. Soccer probably looks more like that the surface that you played on at Chittagong back in 2017 when they played three spinners the most recent time. Yep. Uh, when it, it feels more like that in that first inning runs will be crucial. It'll, it'll, it'll break up eventually and it'll, it'll become like it was last week. It's just going to take longer to get there. So... Yeah, it felt like the conservative option, not playing, not playing Glenn. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, uh, they they don't want to be too cute with these things um, either. At selection, Mitchell Stark has a fabulous record uh, in Asia for a reason. Uh, so I guess that would have been the prevailing view that they they didn't want to mess with the winning formula and, and all those other kind of cliches that we often hear around Australian cricket, yeah. stick to a winning team and all that, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, he did do, it was amazing in 2016 when he was over there, the leading wicket taker in a, in a losing series. Yep. Um, how do you feel, you're around the squad, you're around the players, how do you see that squad under Andrew McDonald at the moment in regards to them gelling, um, feeling less relaxed, uh, feeling switched on? Do you, do you notice yep. anything differently, the same, not at all? What's the vibe yep. um, at the moment with that no, group? No, no, no. I mean, you, you do notice it. I mean, it's all it's difficult, isn't it? Because through the COVID times, we haven't spent quite so much time with the players as we ordinarily would. As you know, Sock, like it mm-hmm. used to be when you're on tour, you're kind of in each other's space a lot. Yep. That doesn't happen anymore. So we're a bit more at a distance. But the the prevailing view, I think, is that 
the players, well, the players say it themselves, don't they? They are more relaxed. Yep. They do feel more comfortable in their surroundings in the dressing room. I mean, it's not so much about our observations. It's about their own words. So yep. um, I think that the dressing room is a better place than it was six months ago. Of course, they enjoyed great success with the World P20 title and, and the Ashes towards the end of the, the Langer reign. But I heard uh, Andrew McDonald interviewed by Jared Waitley on, on Melbourne SEN a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, well, my job's to provide a framework for the players to make good decisions. I supply them with information and they can choose that to use that information and deploy that information as they see fit. It's a bit more hands-off. It's a bit more about allowing the players to, you know, to make the right call based on their experience at domestic level and, and playing for Australia. And, and maybe at this stage of the cycle with a more experienced team, it's far more experienced than the team that Langer took over back in 2018. Well, maybe not, Experience might be the wrong word, but they're more comfortable in their own skin following that chastening experience in Cape Town, the sandpaper debacle. Well, this is a very different group, very different dressing room and a very different leader in Pat Cummins. So um, I think that this is the, yeah, it feels like the right coach for the times for this group and they've responded accordingly so far. I mean, you can't really question the way they played in Pakistan. They had a plan, they stuck to it for 15 days and they reaped the rewards there and, and last week they've won in two and a half days. So based on the evidence we've seen so far, it feels like the McDonald Cummins leadership access will be quite a productive one. Adam Collins, really appreciate your time, mate, um, and look forward to the coverage from 2 p.m. Eastern this afternoon on SEN and SEN Fanatic on the app and all around the place. Go well, mate. Enjoy the call. Thank you. Great team we have there at Gaul. So tune in throughout the course of the night on the app. We'd love to have your company. Good stuff, Good you, uh, Adam Collins, who does a great job around the world. He's, oh, he's a he, great journo. He Did you ever have that with um, – he, he talked there about the media and the, the players having to keep a little separated at the moment, which is fair enough, given the times we live in. You'd hate to miss a test match for going down and having a, a sneaky couple of sherbets with a media member who ended up getting COVID, and you <laughs> yeah. end up getting COVID, and you miss a test match. However, did you, was there much fraternisation um, yeah, on those tours that you like, weren't with? I felt like there was. Um, I mean, I didn't go on too many tours for – for, for overseas tours, but I generally like to have a good mix with the journos there to, there to do a job and someone's going to write it, um, you know, and you sit down, you have a beer. It doesn't alter the, what their stories they're going to write, but you get to know these guys. And I think past cricket now, you know, guys like Pete uh, Lalor, uh Malcolm Conn, these guys I still stay in regular contact with. You may not necessarily agree with everything that's written or spoken about, but... Mm. Um, you know, they're just as passionate about the game as you are. They've got a job and they're a custodian of the game just like players are. So, um, yeah, I, you know, what you short answer, yes, you, you, you did mingle with them. Uh, maybe if they, something had gone down that wasn't, maybe you're, you're ducking and weaving a little bit. But for most part, um, you know, you, you, you bring them in to a certain degree. What's on the Sabo, gents? Give I dare say that you're going to be front and centre salivating Wallabies, England. Are you playing before uh, that? Game's off. No, nah, no game this week, Adam. Why? Well, we'll just, we pick our oppositions, and I just don't think this week there was anyone. Because <laughs> we play in like a Halligan's Cup, so it's like just a weird division where you play random teams every now and then. Okay. So this week's off, but I'm going straight to the pub. Going to the Harbour Bowling Club, you're if you're listening. It. Oh, just, how, look outside, boys. Yeah, I know. Like, get out. So you got to go and sit inside, are you? Oh, I'll be in the beer garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, boys? What are you up to this Harbour? Uh, off to Cronulla to watch my son play down. see every part of Sydney um, at the yeah. moment. So if you're listening in Brisbane, Cronulla's about an hour 40 away from my house. So so, south, yeah, it's, it? yeah, it's, it's very horrible. south. So going to watch him play and then just watch a stack of sport tonight, which I can't wait for. Yeah. Socky? Mate, uh, tick all those boxes, except travelling south, obviously, with you and your son to watch play sport. But I'll be watching sport. Come if Might you have want. a couple of quiet 
seltzers uh, and enjoy what is a beautiful winter's day outside. Indeed. Here's our pump-up song. Lola. Listen to the lyrics. You learn something. Thanks for your company on uh, the Mowers Club. Have a good arvo. Sorry about the noise, my neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck, low maintenance with a 25 year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.